Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> Best song I've ever written. Ever. No, yeah. Uh, Hi, everybody. It means we're watching the motherfucking Suicide Squad today. <laughs> that is what it means, indeed. Anyway, uh, hello. Welcome to another Vertigo Voices. I'm Sophia. And I'm Colby. And, uh, and, oh, you first. Excuse and, me. And, yeah, we're watching <laughs> fucking Suicide Squad. <laughs> That's the one bad thing about the new Suicide Squad looking so fucking good is the fact that it's related to this piece of shit movie. <laughs> it is kind of like, I don't know, I just feel like the new one is, um, um, I don't want to say an apology because that's too fanboyish and that's too much. It just feels like, you know, maybe it's, it's the cinematic equivalent of like, yeah, that last time, I'm sorry, I got really drunk and puked in your potted plant. It was. It's a course correction. It is. <laughs> it's a yes. really obvious course correction, and I. I don't know. Let, whatever. Let's get started on this because, <laughs> fuck, we have to watch this movie. All right. So we're watching Suicide Squad's Blu-ray. So there's actually two cuts of this movie that are available. There's actually like a million cuts in the world, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's two that are available. So we're just gonna watch the theatrical cut because I don't want to have to see one more fucking second of this movie than. There already is, so I've watched the extended cut, and it doesn't doesn't change anything. So, all right, we're going to watch the theatrical cut, get the Blu-ray in, and we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play! And anti-piracy warning. So how much longer is the extended cut? Uh, it's like two or three minutes. God. I think there's, there's one, there's probably a few little things here and there that are different, but the big thing is that there's an extra scene of the Joker and Harley in their past. Yeah. It shows him being like, like, all right, you want to fucking hang out with me? And she's like, no. <laughs> and like they're driving. And then she, I can't remember if she chases, is chasing him on a motorcycle or if she's just in the car with him. And they're like in the street having this argument and this like big truck pulls up and this truck driver's like, you're in the fucking road. And Harley pulls out Joker's gun and shoots the trucker. To show, like, I'm with you now. It's just fucking... It's the same shit. It's already reiterate, reiterated in the movie. All right, then. Nothing special to this already wondrous cinematic feat. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It just said rock music playing. I fucking forgot about the soundtrack to this movie. When, when I saw it in theaters, I, uh, I remember telling my friend after seeing it that the soundtrack felt like I was watching a movie and there was somebody sitting behind me just flipping through a radio mm -hmm. dial. That's an excellent description. Because there's there's zero connection to the music and what's on screen. And it's literally just uh, just like, fuck it, this song's cool, throw that one in here. Uh, this one, there's a song about Harley. We're introducing Harley, so here's a song, uh, like, the, you, don't, you don't own me, you know, because she's an independent person. <laughs> sure. So fucking stupid. Why not? And that's a really good descriptor. I think someone counted, and they said there's something like, what, 10 to 20 songs within the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie? I don't yeah, know if that's true, but I would not be surprised if it was. So one thing, uh, one thing that I have to address is how is this a Vertigo movie? Please tell us. Do you know us. how? No, no, so it's, I mean, the movie in general. The, actually, the sequel is going to have more of a direct connection to Vertigo, which we'll talk about next week. But uh, this movie... The only real connection is that the Suicide Squad in the comics had uh, two Vertigo characters on the team. 
Actually, three if you count Grant Morrison. Because <laughs> Grant Morrison was on the Suicide Squad. <laughs> we'll count that, yeah. But uh, the two... So the original Suicide Squad had... Not the original, but in the 80s, in the comics, both Shade the Changing Man and Black Orchid were on the Suicide Squad. Were they really? Yep. All right, then. Shade the Changing Man is really interesting in his... Uh, what's the word? His usage in the book. Because... He was in there, and it's like the old style version of the character from like the 70s. And that was, he was introduced in that book right around the time that Peter Milligan was like revamping him for Vertigo. Okay. And so there's two completely different takes on that character in comic books around the same time. I like that. There's our tenuous connection. <laughs> Whatever, this is totally a Vertigo movie. So, remember when we were talking about Justice League and we were arguing about the sexualization of Wonder Woman? Yes, I do. Well, look at this movie. <laughs> <laughs> look at Harley Quinn was just introduced fucking licking a pole mm-hmm. after doing like some slutty Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, that's what Hannibal Lecter would do in his cell yeah. in his downtime. <laughs> exactly. So for all of like, for all the, the lip service that David Ayer gives her as like a empowered, interesting character. Like, she's literally just there to show off her ass. Right. (laughs) And which is something, I've I've probably mentioned this before, but I'm going to do it again because it bears repeating. I hate in movies when they have to, when the filmmaker feels the need to remind us that a beautiful woman is a beautiful woman. Like, you know, with the gratuity and whatnot, it's like, it's Margot Robbie. We get it. She's, She's hot. She's gorgeous, you know. Her character serves no purpose here, but... <laughs> None of the Suicide Squad serve any purpose. Fuck. No, no. Not um, in this world. And this is, so this whole thing about Remember Superman and all this, it's actually shot from Batman vs. Superman. Um, mm. This uh, is the beginning of the kind of rewriting of Superman's history in the DCEU. Movie to movie, how he is remembered or treated changes dramatically. Because in this, it's like, remember what he did. Like, he fucking destroyed a city. Right, right. What did he do? He fucking destroyed a city, and then he died uh, killing some big monster that Wonder Woman could have easily killed. Look at that that actor right there. Ted Weidel? Whittle? I can't remember what his last name is. He uh, has a deeper connection to the Suicide Squad than just this movie. Oh, yes? He played Rick Flagg of the Suicide Squad on Smallville. Oh, So when, when I'm, because you see him in the trailer, oh, do you recognize the guy on the left? Is that David Harbour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that the first two times I saw this movie. Uh, but anyway, when they when they showed uh, him, Ted Ted Whittle, Whittle, whatever, in the trailers, I was like, "Fuck, that's the original Rick Flag." <laughs> <laughs> I'm the comic book movie nerd that knows every actor who's played every fucking role. You do. <laughs> it's very handy in cases like this. Oh, I hate this. So that shot right there of Deadshot. That's actually a cover from, from uh, Secret Six. Oh, yeah. But you can't really tell because it's so fucking dark. It is. <laughs> it is. Like, I think that's supposed to be him tossing a bullet up in the air, but you can't even see No, it's hand. raining bullets. It's raining bullets. Okay. Yeah. It's raining bullets. And that's a really, like, that's a, a cover of The Secret Six, which is one of the best comic book series ever written. And uh, there's, a, there's just an excellent cover of Deadshot. Uh, literally that, that same image right there. Oh, there you go. He's raining bullets. He's got his hand out, machine gun, and it's just flipped for the movie. Oh, but you can see it there. Yes, yeah, so. yes. Because uh, <laughs> it's done by a fucking artist. Right. 
who knows how to make art. <laughs> <laughs> now, there was some talk about how um, a lot of the characters got sidetracked in their... Well, I shouldn't say sidetracked. They just got, I guess, you know, less of an intro... In, oh, man, there's not enough coffee and Xanax in the world right now. Uh, less of an intro than Deadshot yeah. because uh, Will Smith wanted more screen time? Is that true? I don't think that's true. I think this is just a result of shitty editing. Um, (laughs) I think everyone probably had one of these moments originally, and then they have to trim it down. So, uh, okay, uh, right there, you see that I am on his neck? Mm -hmm. He has a a fucking, like, text on his neck that says, I am the light, I think. Yeah. And, like, his guns have text on it. That's one of the things I fucking hate about just the concept and the design of this movie. Everyone has writing on them. (laughs) <laughs> and it looks it just looks fucking dumb. It's 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 a weird character choice that everyone's making. Right. And like that that wouldn't that's not how that's not how people dress. That's not how if, if you get if you get seven random people in a room, they're not all gonna have the same font on their fucking costumes <laughs> and the same style of clothing. It just it feels weird. Well it's just like you said, it's it's not it takes you out of any reality or grounding that this yeah. movie might have. It's really disingenuous. Also, uh, right here, so it's it's reasserted later that Deadshot never misses. I think they said it already. But uh, later in the movie, when he's on the gun range, they bring it up again. That, oh, he never misses. He's fucking always shooting stuff. and not going <laughs> to so fucking good. miss. Yeah, but he, he misses right here. <laughs> in, <laughs> yeah. ju- in just a second. The, his, like, introductory backstory scene, he fucking misses. Um but anyway, like I don't, I think Deadshot probably should have been the POV character more than splitting it between him and Harley and oh whoever else. Um, so I think all this backstory is useful for him. Hey, there's David Harbor. Uh-huh. I nobody knows he was in this. <laughs> I didn't tell just yeah. now. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, right here when Batman swoops down, he like pulls a gun on him and misses. <laughs> it's over, Deadshot. Hey, it's Ben Affleck. Right. It's like, I don't want to do this in front of your daughter, but I'm going oh, to. Oh, anyway. shot. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, this whole thing uh, with Bat... Like, that's an interesting, you know, like, throwing Batman to to show him. Uh, like, to show that he's in this world. But the way it's done, like, just the way he's introduced is so fucking weird. How he kind of, like, floats down in the background. It's a version of Batman that's only had one appearance before this only a few months before. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, he's not that established a Batman. No. And the way he's used in this movie is really weird and, like, uh, like incongruous <laughs> with kind of how you would expect that character to be used. I understand the idea of using him as, like, just the, the, the fucking... Uh, of, like... Vigilante in the in the shadows. I think it's a good idea. It's just done so poorly in this. Like everything. Like everything, yeah. Yeah. And so recently, actually, like, after we decided to do this, uh, David Ayer, the director, just had, like, a meltdown on Twitter about this movie, like, just a couple days ago. Oh, no. Because um, a reviewer said uh, that the new Suicide Squad is light years better than this fucking mess, basically. And so David Ayer, like, quote-tweeted that, which, like, come on, man, grow some thick skin. I mean, it's a fucking, it's a fucking critic. That's what they do. Yeah, right. And I, I get that he's had to endure four years of, hey, this movie's shitty. But guess what? It's a shitty movie. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
um, deal with it. <laughs> so he responded with this giant wall of text explaining his whole life story. Like, I grew up in the ghetto. I was a fucking gangbanger. I was on PCP. I went into the Navy, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, the last paragraph is like, I made a shitty movie because the studio took it from me. This isn't my movie. My cut was better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this is the last I'm going to talk about it at the end. <laughs> so it's like, like, I get, like, I'm not taking anything away from it, anything that you said there. Like, I believe your story, and I understand that your life has been a struggle and that you've made the most of it. And that you've you know built yourself up from nothing, but that doesn't change the fact that Joker has damaged tattooed across his forehead. Right, right. <laughs> like, this movie is flawed on the most basic of levels. It doesn't matter how many times you edit it or re-edit it. You're still going to have Jared Leto as the Joker with a fucking face tattoo, and that got this fucking scene with, with tattooed man, kind of... Is this even supposed to be Tattooed Man? I don't know. His name is Monster T in the credits. Monster T. Because Mr. T was taken. So he's played by Common, who was originally cast to play Green Lantern in uh, George Miller's Justice League movie. Really? So when he was cast in this, they were like, oh, I wonder who Common's going to play. Oh, I wonder if it's going to be Green Lantern. Blah, blah, blah. And then some set pics of him uh, came out, and they were like, Oh, maybe he's Tattooed Man because he's got tattoos all over the place, like everyone in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then it, and then the studio was like, oh, we're not saying who he's playing. And then it turned out that the reason they weren't saying is because he's not paying, playing anyone important. <laughs> it's just some fucking guy. That dude, Joker's little henchman with the beard, uh-huh. who looks like he's in a completely different movie, is actually a character from the comic. Oh, really? Yeah, he's this character named Johnny Frost who was in Brian Azzarello's Joker series. It was a hardcover book. Um, totally different character. And in this, he doesn't really do anything and just dies incidentally. Mm. <laughs> yeah, fodder. Yeah. But, uh, like, some... So, uh, going back to Common, when when it was announced, oh, Common has a role, so does uh, Ike Barinholtz, and so does Scott Eastwood. But they were like, we're not saying who any of them play. And everyone, like, there was all this fucking speculation. And in the end, it was literally just, they're not playing anyone important. There's this guy, uh, Common, as Monster T. There's uh, Ike Barinholtz as Griggs the Guard, who just fucking disappears in the movie. They set him up and then disappears. Uh, And then there's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Scott Eastwood as, like, a military guy. I think he has, like, a line, maybe. Military guy. Yeah, I, I, he actually has a name. I think it's QT or TQ, something like that. But uh, you wouldn't know it because he doesn't have any dialogue. <laughs> well, yeah. So it all amounts to nothing. Oh, there's another... Uh, you know, we played Heathens earlier, which is a piece of, piece of shit song. There's another piece of shit song from this movie called Purple, Lambig- Purple Lamborghini. Oh, I remember. I think yeah. it's by Rick Ross yep. or whatever. Yep. Um, the funny thing is that car is not a Lamborghini, Joker's car, and it's also not technically purple. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Oh, Jared Leto was in the, that music video too. Oh, that's right. Nice. That was so he's played the Joker three times thanks to the <laughs> Snyder cut. Ay ay ay. Oh man, this after this that means we have we'll, we'll have covered all of his theatrical Joker appearances between mm-hmm. between this and. Uh, and the fucking <laughs> Justice League. What a... Man, I feel like I need a trophy for that. <laughs> He's a Vertical Voices all-star. <laughs> right. Okay. We should send him one in the mail. Yeah. With a dead rat. 
use condoms and all that shit. God, what a fucking freak. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Well, and like we talked about before, um, I, I thought I thought I liked him in Dallas Buyers Club, but you're right, it's just Jared Leto in a dress. And I think the first thing that I remember him having any impact in, I think the first thing I saw him in was Fight Club, yeah, but then I too. remember um, Requiem for a Dream, which he's oh. good in that. I, I saw Fight Club first, but yeah. yeah. But no, um, uh, he's good in that. He, I think he does a good job. But uh, ever since then... Jesus, we're still introducing characters. We are. <laughs> you are. You are. Oh, here's the joke. Pink unicorns. God, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, but... Um, yeah, anyway, we were still acutely aware that Jared Leto is acting as Jared Leto in pretty much everything he's in. Yeah. And uh, this guy... Jai Courtney. Yeah. I actually really like him as Captain Boomerang. I he does good with what he has here. I mean, he's actually Australian. <laughs> that is true. And it was the Flash, the fucking... He actually did... Oh, we didn't really see him run. But uh, I just remember in uh, Justice League, he runs like a fucking idiot. <laughs> he runs like somebody who's never run in their life. <laughs> oh, dear. And here's an actress who I... Love and I think is a great choice to play Amanda Waller, but she's horribly yeah. misused. I'm glad that they brought her back at least. I think she does good enough in this. Um, like I can't fault her performance. It it's just like everything. Waller's just kind of a mess in this. Oh oh, such a mess. Good rock. That was originally supposed to be King Shark, but they didn't have the budget to make a scene. Hey, there's David Ayer. <laughs> He's oh. that guard right there. Oh, is he really? Yeah. So he definitely filmed this scene. <laughs> Now, uh, he actually filmed everything. It was just kind of re-edited. But uh, as we were talking about earlier with the various cuts of this, so he's talked lately about how much he doesn't like the studio cut and blah, blah, blah. But his original cut was probably like three and a half hours long, which is just like, that's not, sorry, man, you're going to have to fucking cut that. It's not right. realistic. Right. Um, and... The way it was described is that he, he only had a couple weeks to write the script. So he kind of hammered out a script, and it sounded like his idea was just to film and kind of create the movie as he was filming. So like, all right, well, then it's going to be a failure no matter what. Like, that's, that's not how you make a good movie. <laughs> no. I mean, there, there could be genius that arrives from that, but that's, the odds are stacked against you immediately. So, uh, as much as fanboys are now bitching about, uh, release the air cut and blah, 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 I don't think there was ever going to be a good movie in this. It's like Josh Trank's Fantastic Four. Right, right. He's, uh, he's spent the last few years whining about that. And I had a version of the movie that was pretty good. Like, I don't think there was ever a good version of that movie. Because you made a dark, weird, depressing story called Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I agree. Well, and there's this idea, too, that's become very pervasive that, um, oh, there's more of this movie out there and must mean that what's out there is good. Yeah. And it's like, no, not, not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, this is edited to shit in back, obviously. This movie is cut like, it's probably one of the worst edited movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, but at the same time, there's a difference between just the editing flow and then the overall editing of the entire movie. Mm -hmm. 
and this fails on both levels. <laughs> and Ayer is responsible for one of those. Right. <laughs> like, Ayer is responsible for the fact that this movie doesn't work on largely. Like, just, again, for the concept. Right here, Waller is talking with these two people about, I'm going to put together this team, because what if Superman was a bad guy? We need a team that's strong enough to kill Superman. None of these people could fucking kill Superman. <laughs> right? Right. Jesus, you got a guy that throws boomerangs. Okay, there's Flag. There's a guy that shoots guns. So you got a guy that shoots guns. You've got a guy that shoots guns. Right. You've got a guy that throws boomerangs. You've got a girl with a hammer um, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a mallet. Uh, you got a guy that makes fire. You've got uh, Enchantress who's a uh, teleporting witch. Which, I mean, still, you can still crack her neck and tear her heart out. <laughs> Which is what they do. Take her heart out. And then, uh, oh, don't forget Slipknot. He can climb stuff. Um, you've got a woman with a sword. Uh, Who's named after her sword. Yeah, exactly. You've got uh, a crocodile man. None of them could take on a Superman-level threat. No. And the fact that they... Oh, what if the Superman decided to fly down? Uh, it's funny that he was used so prominently in the trailer and nobody recognizes him. That scene was in, every trailer opened with that. What if Superman could fly down? (laughs) Uh, Because this was, this was like the same year as the first season of Stranger Things, I think. Was it? I think so. But he looks so different. (laughs) Between this and Stranger Things. He does. His character, uh, Tolliver, is actually in the comics. Yeah, yeah. Um. Weirdly enough. Um, uh, There is a comic where the Suicide Squad does kill Superman for any, you know, fellow nerds out there who are listening and are like, well, actually, you guys, the Suicide Squad, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, In the context of this movie, it makes absolutely no sense, like you said. And, I I mean, the comics are a completely different beast because they've got a lot a lot larger pool of villains to work with. Absolutely. Um, so you could create a Suicide Squad in the comics that could take down a Superman-level threat. Right. You couldn't in this. No. <laughs> put, put Metallo on the team. There, you're done. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, I love how Slipknot's picture is in the lineup, but he hasn't even been addressed yet. Right, you're like, who's that guy? Yeah. That's fucking dumb. Which leads me to, like, part of me is um, is really... Sad because Adam Beach is an actor that's been around for a long time. I like his effect, though. That's really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That part's cool. Um, he's been around for a long time, and he, I think he's one of those actors that deserves um, a more prominent role. Like, more people should know his name. Yeah. Um, so I'm sad that they, you know, kill him immediately. Um, in my defense, I didn't know who he was playing at first. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm kind of happy for him because I'm like, dude, you you got out of this quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put him in a fucking Marvel movie. They'll use him, right? Please. <laughs> he, uh, I actually just read that issue where Slipknot gets his arm blown off. In the comic, it's his arm, not his head. <laughs> but uh, it's the same context where, like, Boomerang kind of uh, goads him into, into testing, if that'll work. Right. Because right. in the comic, Boomerang's already been on a few missions, but he's never seen the... It, originally, they had bracelets, and they went to Nanites later. But uh, he'd never seen the explosive bracelets actually go off yet. So he's kind of like, I wonder if this is fucking bullshit or not. <laughs> so he, he's like, hey, uh, you know, th- these aren't real. They just beep at you. And so in the first sign of trouble, Slipknot's like, well, I'm fucking out of here then. And he bolts, and then his arm blows off. And then it cuts to Boomerang. He's like, well, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> 
a good bit of levity there. That's one thing. So, like I mentioned, I really liked Boomerang in this. Well, I shouldn't say that. I like Jai Courtney as Boomerang, and I think of all the characters that have been translated in the movie, he, he's probably the most similar personality-wise. Because mm-hmm. Boomerang's just a piece of shit. That's just his... <laughs> his uh, his character type is like big talking piece of shit who will do whatever he can to save his own ass. Right. Um, and so I'm actually a little worried about him in the next movie. I feel like he's gonna die. Oh, but so. the pro- like the thing about Boomerang in the comics is he's like a squad member who's never died because he's such a self centered piece of shit. <laughs> he's always <laughs> making sure his ass is covered. He knows how to survive. And just based on what I've seen from the new movie and the trailers and stuff, kind of putting the flow of the movie together in my mind, because I can't not do that, um, I feel like he's going to die. Mm-hmm. I hope not, but we shall see. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, well. So, like you were saying before, what this should have been, uh, this is not an original idea, but it still holds true. What this should have been is just like a, uh, you know, like drop the Suicide Squad off in the middle of the jungle and they're in charge of yeah. overturning a president or a dictator. Yeah, political know. assassinations, stealing right. government secrets, shit like that. I had a whole idea, like, way before this movie came out, because I've, I've been obsessed with the Suicide Squad for ages. Uh, way before this movie came out, there was an episode of Justice League Unlimited called Task Force X. And that episode, like, the Justice League are hardly in it. It's focused on uh, Waller putting together the Suicide Squad and with uh, Rick Flagg recruiting Deadshot, Boomerang, Clock King, Plastique, and maybe there's another? I can't remember. Whatever. He's putting together a team to sneak onto the, uh, to the JLA Watchtower to steal a weapon. And then it all goes bad. They end up having to shoot their way out. Plastique gets mauled. <laughs> and uh, it's, just, it's a really fucking well done episode. And it's like a perfect version of the Suicide Squad. And it's also, it has one of the fucking funniest jokes I've ever seen on a show. So they're sneaking in and they all have like, uh, like Deadshot has uh, candy bars. These are like light speed bars, which are from the show. And because uh, they, they're sneaking onto the Justice League Watchtower as employees, like the, the support staff or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they're all wearing like Justice League uniforms, and he's got a little lunch pail with, with those on it. And when, he, when they sneak in, he opens it up, and it's actually like ceramic pieces to build a ceramic gun. And because uh, they have to go through a uh, checkpoint or whatever, a metal detector. And as he's building their gun, uh, Plastique's like, or no, he says something like, God, it doesn't even feel like ceramic. And Plastique says something like, yeah, well, it's a good thing, you know, made it through the security, or the metal detector, like, unlike Boomerang. And it cuts to Captain Boomerang, and he goes, hey, 75 cents is 75 cents. I'm supposed to throw away money? (laughs) (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Sounds like it has more charm than this movie. (laughs) Absolutely. Every version of the Suicide Squad has more charm than this movie. So they've actually been in two other movies. Well, two other, there were two other animated movies. One is called Batman Assault on Arkham, and it's set in the Arkham universe of the video games, like Arkham uh, Arkham City, Arkham Knight, Arkham Origins, those games. Uh, And it's focused on the Suicide Squad breaking into Arkham to uh, assassinate Riddler. 
and it's like all about you know duplicity and they get screwed over and blah 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 it's a really really good take on the suicide squad it's called batman assault on arkham only because they weren't marketable then <laughs> so batman's in it but he's used about the same as he is in this he shows up a couple times to kick their ass and that's about that uh but they also are in another movie oh, two years ago called Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. That one is actually an adaptation of a storyline from Secret Six, which is that, again, that comic is fucking awesome. It ties in with Suicide Squad quite a bit because it focuses on Deadshot and kind of a new team of villains. Uh, but they, they turned it into the Suicide Squad for the movie, and that was actually a really, really good Suicide Squad movie. It's rated R. It's very bloody. <laughs> All right. You see Deadshot just gun people down. God, he's so fucking weird. It's like he's, it's like he's like obsessed with guns, like it, like get him off. <laughs> right, right, yeah. It's not enough that he's just an amazing shot. Yeah. Um, it has to be like almost a fetish thing. Yeah. This movie is like it, it reminds me of you know like when a, a very excited child is trying to tell you a story. Yeah. And and then oh wait no I forgot to, forgot to say that but then and this and then <laughs> right and then like yeah. her heart glows green and they gotta rip it out and yeah and just... and, and remember <laughs> m- remember before um I forgot I forgot to tell you um that um Deadshot uh, also has a daughter <laughs> yeah yeah it's exactly that way and no offense to David Ayer um especially after his tweet there uh but like. He, he, he does this in other movies. Like, I don't know if you've seen Bright. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Same thing. It's not as frenetic as Suicide Squad in terms of editing. But structurally, what's there is still confusing and makes yeah. no sense. That, yeah, that's another thing. That, you got, that movie is just flawed from conception. Right. You know, like, yeah, I understand updating, you know, the, the world or whatever with fucking fantasy stuff. Like, I get that. But that's been done way better in other things. And the way they do it, it's just like, here's, here's today, but now there's a fucking centaur. <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't actually feel like a fantasy world that has evolved today. Uh, compare that to a movie like Onward that does that really well. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't dislike all of his stuff, but he, this is not his first... Yeah. It's not like when people people who watch us should be like, oh my god, David Ayer is yeah. such an amazing He's filmmaker. He's an auteur. auteur um, yeah. I actually, I really like Fury, his uh, World War II movie. Good movie. I thought that movie's fucking excellent. Good movie. And yeah. that, that, that came out just before Suicide Squad, and I was like, fuck yeah, this guy's going to be great. <laughs> and then I also really like Sabotage. Did you ever see that? I have not. So it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Joe Manganiello. Uh, there's other actors in it too. I can't remember, but it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it's about this like SWAT team that uh, end up doing like a heist, okay. and it like that feels like the Suicide Squad. It's this team of of like hard ass, you know, badasses with their big guns, and they're gonna break in and steal. Like that's that that's the suit. Yeah, that's Suicide Squad. You can do that. <laughs> so I remember when that movie came out, like yeah, definitely this guy is definitely the right guy for the job. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. What happened? The thing is, you can blame the studio all you want, which is the gut reaction. It's like, oh, the studio is just this soulless... J- <laughs> Fuck, look! Okay, <laughs> David Ayer shot this scene. This, this is a... He filmed this. This happened. So, yeah, fuck. Um, again, like, it's... Uh, it's the gut reaction to blame the studio for corrupting the vision or whatever, but 
I I feel like this is this was just a piece of shit from the beginning. Well, it's just you recut it all you want. It's still gonna be a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, it's just so incredibly on the nose, and there's nothing. Um, there's nothing there to back that up. Like it's yeah. it's not that even that um, symbolism is a bad thing. It's not. It's just that. Uh, does it feel like it's something that's taking you on a journey? And you get to spend time with these characters yeah, that are really what, interesting. What was the purpose of that shot there? Him right, laying around right. all the knives. Exactly. It's just misdirected energy. Um, on that same note, uh, let's talk about Baz Luhrmann real quick. Whether you... Okay. Le- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in terms of um, like focus and editing, uh, you don't have to like Baz Luhrmann's movies. But I would argue that, um, you know, Romeo plus Juliet, uh, Moulin Rouge, there's a purpose there. Yeah. And even though it's fast and it, you know, comes all the time, um, well, that's not... Comes, I haven't Comes sorry. all the time. I'm sorry. Said, said the actress to the bishop. Ay, 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 Even though the pace is quick and it's ongoing... He still knows um, how to have character moments. Yeah. He still knows where to use that energy in a way that informs the story instead of like, well, like the second time um, when I went to the theater and watched this, because I watched it the first time and I uh, reviewed it. And I have to admit, the first time I was like, Meh, it's okay. Maybe I just didn't understand it. Maybe it's not my thing. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's growling. Joker's growling. <laughs> because that's what Joker does. Um, no, but the second time I watched this in the theater, like, I, I can't remember how long into it, but, um, a woman behind me said very, very loudly, what is this movie about? <laughs> <laughs> and none of us could answer her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing going back to the whole, like, you know, multiple coats, whatever, uh, there is a novelization of the movie written by Marv Wolfman, who's a comic book legend and as i as the discussion uh, heated up again about what uh what's the word uh what Ayer's cut would have been like or whatever mm-hmm. um i can't remember who said it i can't remember if air even said it or not but uh it sounds like the novelization is more in line with his original cut okay because it was written well before the movie was finished uh, so I actually ordered it. <laughs> I was hoping it would already be here, but it's going fucking slow. I found it on Amazon for like $3. Hmm. And yeah, it's still in California. Yeah. Anyway, I so I'm really curious to read that to see what... If, if there is any salvaging this story. Because <laughs> if anyone could salvage it, it would be Marv Wolfman. He's, <laughs> he's a great comic book writer. He knows these characters. He's worked with DC a lot. And he's done a few adaptations. So he... Uh, he knows this world on both sides. He might be able to bring some actual flow and sense to the story. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Hopefully. So I, I will reserve any real judgment. Although, I mean, come on. We know how it's going to end. <laughs> I'll <laughs> reserve any real judgment until I actually read that to see uh, what the story is. What the, how it fits. And this fucking... The whole thing about her brother so weirdly introduced... There's some random guy in Midway City. Why did she pick this guy? Right, right. Why is this in Midway City now? Is that where we've always been? I don't know. <laughs> no, I guess we were in D.C. earlier. And 
What, Washington, D.C.? I thought we were in Louisiana. That's where the prison is. But, okay. but <laughs> Waller it was in Washington. She, they showed her at the Pentagon. Oh, that's right. That's right. Excuse me. Is it in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. <laughs> there was a shot of Washington, D.C. earlier, too. <laughs> It's just it's just weird how there's only title cards like occasionally, and they're poorly integrated as well. I fucking love that they worship machines, so I'll build a machine <laughs> that will destroy them all. That totally reminds me of uh, oh fuck Treehouse of Horror, The Simpsons. They, they did one episode with uh, those aliens, Kodos and Kang, who get like they try to take over the Earth and they're chased off by. Mo carrying a board with a, with a nail in it. And he's like, no, he's got a board with a nail in it. And they fly off. And they're like, oh, we were defeated. And he's like, it's okay, dear brother. For someday the humans will create a board with a nail that's so large they will crush themselves. <laughs> so every time I hear her say, we're going to build a machine that's so big. <laughs> that's the board with the nail. And this is so fucking stupid. They're, so Waller creates a Suicide Squad to stop, like, superhero villains. Whatever. Super villain, or superhero bad guys. Superpowered beings. Whatever. So the first thing she does is get a superpowered being on the team who then goes bad because she's being forced to work on the team. So now the squad has to stop her because Waller forced her to do this. So she literally created her own enemy. Exactly. And like that's so if she if Waller had done nothing, the Suicide Squad wouldn't need to exist. <laughs> because Superman's dead. <laughs> well, and it takes away any um, the intelligence of the character. Yes, for sure. Waller in the comic books is 10 steps ahead of everyone. And to see her like just fall down flat is so weird. Like immediately, oh shit, they got the the heart or the brother or whatever. Oopsie. Yeah, basically, basically. It's like Katamari Damashi right there. Ooh, oh my goodness. You ever play that game? I'm not, but. It's just like you, you have a big ball and you just collect stuff. Oh. Like stuff adds to your ball and it gets bigger. You roll it around town and pick up park benches and cars and whatever and then it gets bigger. That's apparently Incubus's power here. <laughs> All right then. Yeah, it's like, then that's, again, they have two, these two incredibly powerful super beings who, like, that would, and realistically would just wipe the suicide, suicide squad out. I'm sorry, I took, I took too much Xanax and sniffed too much rubber cement before I watched this movie, because I knew we had to watch this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that? I, I missed that. Uh, I think it was a razor blade. She coughed up from her mouth? Yeah. Uh, I think it's to... Get out of her restraints. I don't think she actually uses it. <laughs> huh. um, I was just going to say something about Incubus, maybe. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, yeah, this goddamn movie. It's, it's, uh, it's tiring. <laughs> and it's really hard to make Will Smith charmless. Yeah, Like, you have sure. to work at that. <laughs> I mean, he was probably, uh, him and Kenneth Branagh's uh, southern accent were probably the best things about Wild Wild West. But somehow they managed to make him really boring and dull in Suicide Squad. I hate that, like, they fucking farm out their nanotech. Like, it's ridiculous. The, this, the government is putting this together. If they're putting little trackers in somebody's neck with explosives, like, they just make their own. 
That's that's so fucking dumb. <laughs> in the sequel, the uh, I think they changed that so it is uh, whatever. Like it's just administered on site, and the doctor that is putting them in their necks is actually played by John Ostrander, who's the creator of the Suicide Squad. Oh, here we go. Yes. This is the last you see of uh, Griggs there. It's implied that he's going to be murdered. <laughs> but you never see him again. He doesn't even show up at the end when she's back in Bel Rev. And uh, what's his name? Uh, Joker breaks her out. Right, right. Uh, pointless. Like so many things in this film. Oh, that's what I was going to say. When they just when they showed... Fiery guy. What the fuck is it? El Diablo. El Diablo. <laughs> when they showed him again, he... Uh, one of the things, apparently, that's different in Ayer's cut is that he doesn't die. Oh. So that means none of the main characters die in a movie called Suicide Squad. Huh. <laughs> the well, only member of the team who dies is uh, uh, fucking Slipknot. And, well, and uh, uh, like, like we uh, discussed before. Um, oh, shit. Uh, folding ideas. Yeah, he said it perfectly. Um, we don't care about him because we've been visually told that he doesn't matter. Yeah. Here's another reason that I think this is flawed from the beginning. Why is Joker in this fucking movie? Like, this subplot isn't needed. No. And no. Why, why do we keep cutting back from the crisis to seeing Joker try to break out Harley? That's, that's a plot point that, that doesn't matter. And it totally takes you out of what should be the yeah. big bad. Here's know? one of the worst cuts in like cinema history, right here. Mm-hmm. It's used to disguise a plot point later. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other way. Just get it done. <laughs> and, and I know. Then, oh, go ahead. Well, so right, right here, he says that. I think she says Enchantress, and then it cuts back here. Yeah, uh, you know what? She left. <laughs> <laughs> she bolted. Yeah. Um, Say it again. And then later, they show that scene again and show that, oh, they were actually down there with explosives and shit. And so, like, that that recontextualizes why they were there, but in a really poor way. Because you spend the whole movie like, why was that cut so terribly? And then in the end, oh, that's why. They did it to disguise the fact that there's an explosive down there. Why do you need to disguise the fact that there's an explosive down there? Like, oh, because they need it later and they don't want you to know that it's there. I don't know. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it makes no sense. And it's not as uh, vital, as important as it should be. It, it doesn't matter if that is a surprise or not. Right. But it's treated like it is. It's such a weird design for Enchantress too. I realize that the comic book look is really unadaptable because it's just goofy. She looks like a witch. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a stereotypical witch. God, that's weird. Oh, yeah, blue sky beam like every movie that came out this year. <laughs> Portal in the sky. That's how you know it's really dangerous. Yeah. Man of Steel had one. This one had one. Did Batman vs. Superman have one? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Fantastic me. Four had one. Yeah. I mean, Avengers had one a few years earlier. Green early. Lantern had one. Did it? Yeah. When uh, the... Oh, what's Parallax? The... Yeah. He, he was a big... Uh, it's a big old yellow cloud. Yes, but he had to come down through like a mm. hole in the sky. Because that's the only way that evil forces can get around. <laughs> I like how there was just a Midway City evacuation zone. Like, yeah, we can probably figure that out from context. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need to show that. No. But, uh... Well, and 
And it says all evacuees must report to me. <laughs> it's so weird how some things are reiterated over and over. Oh, there's Scott Eastwood. Oh, I missed him. He, he was just credited as man. <laughs> Is that, was that him? Yeah, on, okay. on the left. Yeah. He's okay. the guy with the, the t-shirt, whatever. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh dear. That's about as much as you see of him. He's just... Right? And so, and there's another thing about this stupid goddamn movie. The squad is here with, like, the entire U.S. military. So, like, why, why are they here? Again, you've got a guy that can shoot good. You've got a girl with a bat. You've got a guy with boomerangs. Uh, a guy that can make fire. And a guy that's a crocodile. Uh, like, surely the military, these thousands of soldiers here can, uh, can pick up that slack. <laughs> like, surely they don't need them. The whole purpose of Task Force X is they're supposed to be like black ops. Right. Like, they're not here with a million other people. They drop in so no one knows. Exactly. They shouldn't be doing, like, big world-ending crises. <laughs> well, and... Oh, there he is. Oh, it got to punch somebody <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> yeah, this is probably Jai Courtney's best role, which, you know... Isn't saying much in that way. <laughs> Just play Mahjong with my nana. <laughs> <laughs> that was not. Oh, uh, here's the best line in the movie. Here comes Slipknot, the man who can climb anything. Wonderful. <laughs> and there he is. That's his character. Just the way that's introduced. Oh my god! It's like the Pat Oswalt has a whole thing about uh, rewriting movies. Like he used to be a script doctor, mm-hmm. and he said, but he would get script script doctoring for like Pixar movies that were already finished. Or, like, animated movies or whatever. And they're like, yeah, well... He's like, well, I, I would re- redo this scene, or I'd put this scene here, or I'd add an extra line here. And they're like, no, 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 no. This movie's already fucking in the can. It's just a piece of shit, and it's not funny. So we just need you to write funny dialogue that can be added by somebody shouting it off screen. <laughs> and he's, he's like, so, like... Like, does that work? You can just show, like, depressing footage of, like, a little boy sitting at his birthday party and he's wearing his little hat and none of his other friends showed up. So he's just sitting there alone, staring at his cake, all sad, like a tear rolling down his face. And then have somebody off screen yell, I just fell into a big barrel of butterscotch. (laughs) (laughs) Might work for this film. (laughs) So like his, his, I don't know, that, that stand-up's like 15 years old when he talked about that. So every time I see this movie and hear that stupid goddamn line, I'm like, yeah, that, that Pat Oswalt, man, I, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely pertains here. And what is that? Yeah, licking his clothes, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there we go, there's my, there's my climbing gun. <laughs> You're right. Because we're going at the north face of the Eiger. Uh yeah, I imagine he'd be great in Mountain well, All their guns look like they're made by the same person. Right. <laughs> right. Like, they all go to one customized bad guy. for. <laughs> Good thing he got that, uh, like, fucking velvet hoodie that's very, uh, very useful when you're in a tactical situation. Yeah, it does go well with his skin tone. Yeah. Oh, there's the, there's, there's the introduction of the unicorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another joke, which will... Uh... Here's a little thing that pisses me off, well, other than the hot pants. Why, why would... That shot right there. <laughs> that was, so, yeah. when you've got this, and then Justice League, where, oh, yeah, maybe her ass is a little prevalent in one shot. 
Like, I mean, come on, man. Look at this. <laughs> it is obvious. It is obvious. That scene was done for all of the uh, 14 and that's, year old boys. And that's just one in many in this. Like, she's literally just there to, to be like a masturbation fodder. Just the way she holds herself, the way she's dressed, the way, like, why is she wearing pigtails? Why is she... Fucking, and high heels. She just did her makeup, for fuck's sake. Why is she doing that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's so strange. And the weird baseball bat, again, with writing on it. Um, did you hear about, the like, you know that rotten tattoo she has on her jaw? Yeah. Uh, have you heard about that in the sequel? Like, in the new one? No. It's not there. Oh, they took it off. And apparently while, while they were doing, like, costume tests or whatever, James Gunn was looking over some, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, concept art with her. And one of them had, like, you know, like, had her face already on it. And apparently she, like, offhandedly said, like, I hate that fucking tattoo. And he, James Gunn's like, really? Like, I don't like it either. And he's like, let's just not use it. (laughs) She's like, we can do that. He's like, I don't fucking care. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's uh, Scott Eastwood again, just standing there. (laughs) Being Scott Eastwood. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I see everything. So now it's, uh, wait, we haven't gotten to that point yet, but they're going into Midway City to save someone. So really, they're not even going there to kill Enchantress or whatever. And then, uh, we're some kind of suicide squad. Uh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I did miss my, the, oh, fuck. I forgot about Katana. Jesus Christ. She just <laughs> wanders in. Yeah. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> You're late. <laughs> and there's this weird flashback. Is this a flashback? I mean, it's implied that that's where she was. Right. She was working. She was busy. Had things going on. Yeah. Well, and it's so dumb because, again, it's like there's so much telling and no showing. Like, she just shows up and we get, again, like this childlike dialogue about what a badass she is. Criminals deserve no mercy. Why is she on the team? How do they know each other? Who are you? This is Katana. She's got my back. She can cut all of you in half with one sword stroke, just like mowing the lawn. I would advise not getting killed by her. Her sword traps the souls of its victims. Which, if you can find a way to show that, that could be really cool. But here, oh, it's just Christ. fucking dumb. I, I like. I remember sitting in the theater right there and just like audibly going, "Like what? <laughs> what the fuck just happened? That was lines in a movie." <laughs> I think somebody read the uh, uh, the like uh, whatever it's called the like scene descriptions in the script and accidentally said them out loud. (laughs) (laughs) That they did. I'm coming for you. I feel like Joker wouldn't text that coherently. No, no, exactly. Love it. They're supposed to be like discreet about it, but the logo on the phone is his face (laughs) and it says, I'm coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) Who could that be? Yeah. Don't let anyone see your phone. You fucking idiot. (laughs) Right. No kidding. Uh, and, you know, I, I like Margot Robbie. I do. I think she's a, a good actress. And I like what she's trying to do with her um, money and her influence in Hollywood. Um, and by all accounts, behind the scenes, she's a really cool person. She's very down-to-earth, you know, um, very collaborative. And so I, That's a lot of qualifiers there. So you're about to say something horrible. I am. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, not against her. But, um, yeah, it's just... 
she was one of the things that critics highlighted in this movie, yeah. which I still don't understand. It's nothing against her, but it's like, she's trying, but so is everyone else. Like, everyone else is just trying with the material they've been given, and, and it still makes absolutely no sense that her character is here. I don't think there's really anything special about her take on Harley. This is nothing that we haven't seen before. Except with less clothes. <laughs> I mean, she's just doing Arlene Sorkin's voice. Um, her mannerisms are taken from the cartoons, from the comic books. Like, she's, like, standing on the shoulders of giants, you know? <laughs> so, like, yeah, she's fine, but she's not doing anything interesting or original. And uh, I don't... I, I personally just have never really cared about Harley Quinn. The only thing that's ever gotten me to give a shit about this character is the cartoon. <laughs> and she is fantastic in the yeah. cartoon. Because that cartoon made her interesting. They leaned on uh, the underpinnings of the character to make something more interesting than the surface. Right, exactly. And this is just all surface. Oh boy, isn't it though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. Mind games. <laughs> what a bomb in the neck crap. Oh, Slipknot, we hardly knew ye. Thank real, mate. <laughs> oh. I just love how, like, how I wonder which one's going to die. Maybe the one that got uh, a line of, exposition, of, of <laughs> expository uh, background yeah. that was shouted off screen. <laughs> right. He didn't even get his own title card. He's dressed like, like one of the dudes from G.I. Joe, like 2009. Oh, is he? I'm kind of, they all have black body armor like yeah. that. Him, I fucking Deadshot's the same. He's just got a red, uh, like a red fucking, what's the word? Uh, under armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. See ya! <laughs> <laughs> like, hold your fire, let's just blow up his head instead. <laughs> right? No kidding. Beep, beep. Oops. <laughs> oh, they do work. They, they do always work. have that scene too. Like you gotta have the one character that's introduced. Just oh god, killer app. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> they all gotta have that uh, that one character that's introduced just so they can show that the bombs work. Right, right, exactly. But again, it's that's done a lot better in that Arkham Assault on Arkham movie I was telling you. Because oh, yeah. like every character in that gets an introductory scene, and among them is KG Beast. And then when they're introduced, Waller's like, yeah, you can leave if you want, but I'm going to take your head. And he's like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And she hits the button and his head explodes. <laughs> so that everyone else is like, yeah, okay, we'll, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good way to do it. Yeah, it's not that you can't do these things. It's just you just don't care. And it's not that you have to have an emotional attachment to the character. It's just it has to be done in a way that feels exciting. And it's like, oh, well. Oh, Ayer's Cut also had them fucking, I think. I heard that. I heard... weird. Well, there's... I think it's in the new 52 that there's kind of a love triangle between Deadshot and Harley and Joker. He also... Deadshot fucks her in Assault on Arkham. (laughs) Like, I inherently don't think there's anything necessarily weird with that pairing, but in this movie, in this context, it's really weird for them to be on this, you know, like, end-of-the-world mission, like, well, I better go get some crazy pussy then. (laughs) Right? If I'm gonna die. yeah. Yeah. And the fact that there's like a 30 year age difference between them is really weird. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I keep forgetting how old Will Smith is because yeah. he looks young. Yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Ew. Okay. <laughs> well, there's just no room for it. Like, where are you going to put it here amongst all this shit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't even buy the love story between her and Joker. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Much less throw someone else in the mix. Uh, um, what's a, I was thinking, you know, a really good example of a character coming in and then being almost immediately killed off. Uh, but in a way that's like, oh, that's gory and cool. Um, Al- Alfred Molina in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. but that, yeah, that's not kind of the same. I mean, he's just a sidekick. You know he's going to die. <laughs> well, yeah, but same here, too. Yeah. Like, you know you know, Slipknot's going to die. And there's... Well, like, what the fuck are these things? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, there's, like, some eyeball monsters up here, I guess. Like, they're introduced in, like, a, like a casual way. Like, that's, like, a big thing. Um, here's a small thing that I think is fucking stupid. Uh, Deadshot has that little aiming reticle over his left eye. Mm-hmm. And the comic book is always over his right eye. I don't know why, but that bugs the shit out of me. Like, does it matter? Does it really matter? And he's, like, aiming with his right eye now. The whole point is to have that over the eye that he's going to aim out of. Because it helps him aim. Makes sense. Otherwise, why does he have that? <laughs> right. Where did Boomerang get a beer? What the fuck is <laughs> um, It's funny to show him drink beer when they should be fighting, so... Just give him a beer in this scene. It doesn't matter that they're in a war zone and he would not have a beer. He's Australian. He has a beer somewhere, I'm sure. Keeps it in his jacket with the unicorn. Yeah, um, a friend of mine, I don't know if she came up with this or if she heard it somewhere else, but these guys are basically putties from Power yeah, Rangers. Yeah, sure. Whatever sound they made. They're like magical creatures, but, uh, what, like a sword and a crocodile man and a gun can take them down pretty easily? Right, right. They're pretty squishy. Uh, It's my beer! (laughs) (laughs) We won't stand for that. (laughs) Um, and then, oh yeah, right here is when he, uh, loses the... The, uh, what's it called? <clears throat> the fucking unicorn again. I feel like that unicorn is only in there because of Deadpool. Probably. There's a joke in Deadpool about him having a unicorn, and there's a right. scene where it shows him masturbating while looking at his little unicorn. <laughs> and this, like, when they introduce it, it says, fetishes, unicorns. Like, uh, yeah, I saw Deadpool too, dude. That doesn't, like... <laughs> In Deadpool, it's actually used as a joke, as like a throwaway joke. Mm-hmm. This, it's a setup to a joke that never happens. Right. It, exactly. There's no setup. It's the idea that, oh, just because it's there, it's immediately funny. And it's yeah. Like, no. It's inherently funny because he's a, a, you know, a big bank robber, but he likes a little unicorn. <laughs> and in the thing, it says, like, it's not what a fetish is. No, no. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of it, too. Like, the... Uh, um, these guys are supposed to be the villains, but in this movie, they're basically, you know, they go on the same hero's journey, yeah. which isn't, you know, wrong within itself, but aren't these guys supposed yeah. to be villainous? Aren't they supposed to be bad? Aren't we supposed to be a little bit afraid yeah. of them? You don't see them do anything villainous that you wouldn't see, like, uh, a real rough-and-tumble hero do in anything else. Right. Like, yeah, Deadshot kills a guy in the beginning, but he's like a mob enforcer or something. Exactly. Like, who the fuck cares if he if he uh, shoots some, some like, sleazy douchebag in the back of the head? And then you see Harley Quinn do nothing. Same with, I don't know, 
everyone else. <laughs> she, uh, she, what does she do? She, no, she breaks the uh, store window of a designer boutique. We haven't seen that yet. Purse. Oh, wait, there, there's a unicorn oh, again. There it goes, back in the jacket. Um, we'll see it again. You see, uh, you see Boomerang kill another bank robber. No, so yeah, like, bank robber. I, again, that's not nothing, nothing unforgivable. Uh, you see Enchantress sit in a bathtub, but it's like a dirty bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like mulch that's yeah. gone bad. She's got like grass growing up around her or something. I guess you see him. Uh, what uh, fire, dude? I, you see him like burn up some people, but. It hasn't been said that he killed his family yet. It's fire. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, there's uh, Scott Eastwood. He had a line. <laughs> the brief said terrorist. He's like, "Give me my check. I'm done." <laughs> uh, poor fucking guy. I mean, I guess he's gotten famous after this, so shouldn't say that poor fucking guy. But uh, I feel like he probably got hired to this thinking it was going to be a bigger role than it is. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Because he's been, well, he's had a couple movies now where he's been the lead. Yeah, and he's in, like, the Fast and Furious movies now, too. Is he? Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen a Fast and Furious movie forever. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird franchise to me because, like, I don't, I haven't seen any of them. I don't have a ton of interest. But, like, I respect the hell out of them for just doing their thing and being insanely profitable and popular. They found a niche. And uh, I think it was Gail Simone. Yeah, Gail Simone, a few months ago, said that she, years ago, was having a lunch with a producer in Hollywood. And he said to her, the Fast and the Furious franchise have done more for diversity in Hollywood than a million angry Twitter threads. And she was like, she said like she was thinking about it, like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> like, the casts are always very diverse. But more than anything, the creatives behind the camera. There's been one white guy that's directed one single Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Oh, the first one. Yeah. Other than that, it's been black and Asian directors. <laughs> hey, you're fantastic. Gotta hand it to him there. Wait, here we go. She's doing a little wiggle. Wiggle. <laughs> a little weird fucking dance. Belly dance 101. And then she's going to do like the stripper bend right there. Like she there you go. Fucking keeps her legs and back straight while she bends over to stick the ass out. That's how all women, we, how we all pick up so things. All women do everything all the time. <laughs> exactly. According to David Ayer. <laughs> well, I was going to say, this thing that Harley does right here, it's like, if I was in a dystopian city that was totally blown to hell, I would probably do the same thing. You know. I'd, I'd pull a boomerang. Well, I guess that he hasn't even done that yet. But like later, when he's got the wad of cash in his pocket, you don't ever see him pick that up. <laughs> right, right. Just take the wads of cash. Exactly. Carry out a purse. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, those designer purses are sometimes worth wads of cash themselves. If I lived, there would be great resale. Hey, the John F. Ostrander <laughs> Federal Building. It's named after uh, Ostrander. <laughs> he's like, don't do me any favors. <laughs> Ignore everything else that he did on the comic, but throw his name in, sure. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I remember when this came out, too, thinking to myself, like, fuck, well, that, that was the shot. Never going to see another Suicide Squad movie. Thanks a lot, guys. <laughs> oh, I thought it was the end, too. I was like, oh, that was a failed experiment. Yeah. So the fact that we're getting another one by James Gunn, that... Have you seen the reviews? I have purposely stayed away from them, but it sounds like the it's news is good. It's got like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Oh, yay! Out of yay. the like 100 reviews or so, there's like oh. one that's bad. Thank Let God. See. Let's see what they're up to now. 
More like thank good writing and production. Thank James Gunn. Thank you, James Gunn. It is ninety six percent. Sorry, it dropped <laughs> <laughs> out of ninety two reviews though. Like that's that's insane. It was one hundred percent the whole first day that reviews were released. That's fantastic. All right, there is hope. I'm close. Be ready. Wonder what that means. Mm. <laughs> And, you know, that could have been a cool cameo in this, this the Joker. He doesn't have to, I mean, he practically is a cameo already, but um, didn't have to be one that you wasted. Yeah. The fact that it was, like, there was so much buildup around that character. Right. And, again, I don't think he should be in a Suicide Squad story. Joker's not a character that's historically associated with the squad, and it's he's not involved with the A plot. He's like the leader of the B-plot. I fucking don't care. <laughs> right, right. And the whole B-plot is like to to rescue her, yeah. right? Unless I've missed something, which is very possible in this movie. Also, she's wearing a jacket that says Property of the Joker. Like, she's supposed to be the, like this character that's, uh, you know, like her own person or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. But the, the optics of it go against that so soundly <laughs> that... That you still you still look at her as an object, yes. Because the movie does, right, right. And they can say that she's dangerous and she's she's interesting all all they want, but that doesn't make her so. <laughs> well, in in true DCEU fashion, you know they they want to have all of these meaningful character moments or character traits, and they just tell you they yeah. they don't do anything to actually build them up. She called him a pussy. Isn't that so? Uh, against what you'd expect her to say. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Doesn't that make her interesting that she said pussy? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, now, when did uh, when did Infinity Wars come out? Inf- uh, the Avengers? Yeah. 2019? 2019. Okay. Wait, 2018. Oh, look at that. Oh, he got stabbed. I wonder if he's going to die. See, that was so clearly, as he pulls out the wad of cash, it's so clear, like, that was supposed to be the unicorn. Right, right. They keep stuffing the unicorn in there. It's the, the comedy rule of threes. You see something, you uh, remind, and then you pay off. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, and it still could be the wad of cash if he just, like, you know, and pulled out the unicorn and was like, oh, thank God, it's all right, you know. But, nope. But you don't, you don't ever see him grab a wad of cash. Right. It's just, it's introduced... In that moment, which was probably a reshoot, <laughs> yeah, probably. it was probably like in the first time because this movie. So this movie was was filmed, edited by Ayer, shown to the studio, and focus or test. Uh, they did test screenings as well, so it was it was shown test screenings. It was recut, showed test screenings again, and from what I've heard, Ayer's cut and the test screening or and the the recut were both like just terrible. <laughs> so then they, they did reshoots, uh, and then it was recut again. Now, Ayer has also said there's like dozens of other cuts uh, that he just did over and over. So realistically, even if there is an Ayer cut, like fucking which one? Because he apparently did a ton on his own. And uh, as much as he talks shit about it, he also oversaw this cut. I mean, yeah. you know, like he didn't yeah. take his name off of it and he was talking it up a lot when it came out. He called this cuz he like codenamed each of his cuts. And this one was called the uh the fuck what's that called? 
the dossier cut. The dossier. Yeah, because at the beginning, wow. all the characters are introduced via like dossier. Mm-hmm. So that 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 again, he like he had his own name for this cut. So what what was the other cut? You know, like, there, there there is no there is no singular A or cut. There's a bunch of weird different versions of this story that probably aren't any better conceptually. <laughs> And I will say that I'm blue in the face. I don't care how many fucking DCEU assholes talk shit about or uh, build up his version on Twitter. <laughs> right, right. It's just, um, I'm going to start doing that now with my stories at work. It'll go from the first draft to this is my dossier story yeah, for this week. My, my dossier cut. Of, <laughs> yeah. of oh, God. Ay, ay, ay. That's too easy. Would you live for me? <laughs> I fucking hate his Joker. Man. <laughs> I hate I hate everything about this casting, this role, this character. Like I, the thing that I really don't like about it more than anything, though, is that you can feel the performance. Yeah. And everything about this look and the way he talks and everything feels very performative. It doesn't feel like a guy who's crazy who turned into the Joker who fucking is a supervillain. It feels like an actor who watched The Dark Knight and then read a few comics and then created this weird fucking costume and tattoos and uh, way of speaking. And it just, it feels like an actor playing the role. Right, exactly. You're not watching the Joker, you're watching Jared Leto play the Joker. Exactly. Yeah. And even as performative as uh, uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker is, that actually feels performative on purpose. Right. It's fun. And I feel like like there's many scenes in that movie where he tells a joke and then he fucking laughs his ass off right. when no one else is laughing. And I fucking love that because I feel like he's literally putting on a performance for himself. Like he's <laughs> so fucking amused with his stupid humor. He's like the... the uh, the ultimate, like, dad joke guy who's just... Right. <laughs> right, that a dad joke that actually has some menace behind it. Yeah, and I, I, just, I love that take on the Joker because I feel like he, he's the only one in the room who thinks he's funny, but because of that, it makes him laugh even harder. <laughs> right, right. He's in on the joke yeah. that no one else is. And this, there's just... There's no joke! There's no joke! How are they standing up? He's, like, standing up to his waist in that. Yeah, that would have killed her realistically. Probably. And it showed him have to dive in to get her, though. Right. That doesn't happen. I bet that was corrected in the air cut. <laughs> in the air cut, they drown. Oh, if only. No. Um, that's an, oh to go back a little. Uh, speaking of other characters like Diablo, it's so stupid how quick he goes from. Um, I'm redeemed, I'll never kill again, to, like, slaughtering a room full of beings. Also, yeah, like, those aren't people. Those are, like, demons or whatever. Like, do you see all the eyeballs on their head, you fucking idiot? Like, you're not, you're not killing kids in a neighborhood. <laughs> exactly. Like, look, look at that thing. Oh, man, I'm never gonna raise my hand in violence again, dude. Like, well, how's it about self-defense, you fucking idiot? <laughs> exactly. You, you're not, you're not realize that we're trying to save the world? Right. Fucking genius. They're mutated grapes, go yeah. ahead, you know. Isn't there, um... I'll just go into this room here. Like, I'm really weirdly <laughs> staged. Why are you here? <laughs> and it's just, it's so quick. 
It's so funny because that, yeah, it's yeah. just a room. He's like, "What is this?" <laughs> that feels like a. It feels like a like a fucking rug pull joke, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of comedy you'd see on like a Tim Robinson show, for God's sake. <laughs> it's the guy that does. I think you should leave. That's right. <laughs> The bones are their money. Yeah, he just waltzes in. Deadshot just fucking wanders in. That was supposed to be like a secured door. And now Deadshot's in here. Oh, hey, yeah, sorry. You, you left it cracked, so I just poked my head in. What's going on, guys? Oh, God. Like, why is she here? Why is this a thing? I don't know. It, 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 makes, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And I will argue with anybody about that. It's like, tell me, yeah, give me the reason why we all of a sudden have this twist that is not a twist. This is the guy who shoots people for money. Shot done. (laughs) And that's the way she kills them, too. Like, that is fucking hilarious. And that line, damn, that is just a mean lady. Yeah, like, again, completely undercut the seriousness of the situation there. But the way she just shoots them all... First of all, there was like 10 other people in that room that just disappeared. She killed like maybe two or three of them. And uh, the way she's... It looks like like just the weirdest staging of an execution I've ever seen. Yeah, there's no... Again, there's nothing surprising about it. (laughs) Fucking Katana's watching the door. Like, not supposed to let anyone in. Again, Deadshot just wandered in. And then she's, she's... The way she's standing there, like, no, I let him in. It's cool. He's fine. He told me he was all right. <laughs> I was going to kill him and steal his soul with my sword, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, reasons. See, it's good. You guys want to get high? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> kill a bear from there. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, you get no backstory about, like... Why is Katana here? Why does she want to protect Amanda Waller? Yeah, exactly. I get that her husband died and she's killing Yakuza because of that, I, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of said in that flashback. But yeah, why does she know Waller? Why is she committed to Flag? Why does she have a sword in a war zone? Is her sword really magical? Does it actually get her sword? You don't see her do that at all. In the trailer, there's a shot of her holding her sword. Like There's a shot of her like like waving her sword. And you can see, like, ghostly faces, like, floating off of it. And then there's another shot of her holding it. It looks like in the trailer she's stabbing herself, but she's not. It's just weirdly angled. But there's a scene of her, like, looking at it, like, with a really pained expression on her face, like she's crying while she's talking to it or something. And again, in that shot, you can see, like, haze coming off of it, implying that it's magical. But that's not in the movie at all. <laughs> you, you get his line about it, and that's it. Which, if that's the case, then why even have that line? I don't know. Why have it be a magical sword? It doesn't have to be. No, no. <laughs> I think it's the idea that it's like, well, this is from the comics, so if we yeah. put it there, fans will like it. And it's like, well, okay, if you think your fans are stupid six-year-olds. Well, and there's probably a cut of the movie where it is a magic sword, and it does get used for magical purposes. But since it's not in this version, like, just cut out that line. Right, right, Exactly. She was also the character of Katana, Tatsu Yamashiro. <laughs> her, her name's Tatsu Yamashiro, and uh, she's on the show Beware the Batman, the animated series. Oh, okay. She she was like a, I don't know, a secret agent that Al- Alfred knew back when he was a secret agent. 
And the way he, every time he says her name, he's, because he's got a you know, thick British accent, there's always, Tatsu Yamashiro. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear her name, I think of it in his fucking accent. But she was also on Arrow, um, played by, oh, what is her name? Katana Arrow. Played by Rila, Rila, whatever, the, Chicken the Wolverine. Oh, oh, yes. What the fuck is her name? I can't remember, but I know who you're talking about. Da, 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 da. Rila Fukushima. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And she had, like, the same basic costume, too, like that New 52 style of katana. There you go. They had that's to write cool. her They had to write her out of that show because of this fucking movie. No, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh. So the Suicide Squad had been on... They, they were on Arrow for a couple episodes. Um... And many of the characters from the team were on Arrow, just on their own. But Deadshot was a fairly major antagonist on Arrow. And when Suicide Squad was put into production, they had to write him out. So they fucking killed him off. But they killed him off in a way he's like standing on the top of a building as it explodes. So it's one of those like, they could bring him back. And then they do. They bring him back, but only like as a vision. Like John Diggle sees him as like a fucking hallucination and then he's also in an episode of uh, The Flash as Earth 2 Deadshot. Hmm. On Earth 2, he's a police officer who's a really terrible shot. <laughs> <laughs> and they call him Deadshot as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the actor that played him was like great in the role, and uh, I, I really liked him. His name was Michael Rowe. I really liked him on Arrow, and I really liked the way they used that character. But then because of this fucking movie, he couldn't be in it anymore. His episode, uh, the episode that introduced the Suicide Squad, I think was called Suicidal Tendencies, <laughs> which is a good name for it. That is a good name for it. Well done. And the Suicide Squad also used uh, Bronze Tiger on that show. He's a staple of the comic yes, books. yeah. And I really wish he'd been in one of these movies. My only real disappointment so far with the James Gunn Suicide Squad is that Bronze Tiger isn't in it. He would have been cool. And he's he's basically Katana in this. He's like the the squad's like conscious, whatever con- conscience. He's uh, like a second in command to uh, Flag, but he's uh, also an inmate. You know, like he's mm-hmm. he's like straddling the line. Like he's he's not he's kind of there against his will, but he's also honorable. So he wants to do the right thing. He's a really really interesting character that I wish we could have seen in one of these movies. <laughs> that would have been nice. Well, when, when Idris Elba was cast in Suicide Squad 2, he, I thought for sure he was going to be Bronze Tiger, uh, but he wasn't. Yeah. Well, maybe in a following installment. Yeah. It could happen. They needed a gun guy, so that's why he's in it. Yeah, true, true, true. But it is Idris Blood Elba. Sports. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is really dumb right here. Now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to be sad that Harley is supposedly dead. Why did they need her? I'm sorry. Why did they need to go there if they're just going to fly her out? Right. You see that? Uh, she, yeah. she literally, they grabbed her, walked her to the roof 20 feet away from where she was sitting, and got her onto a helicopter. That helicopter could have just flown in and grabbed her without them even being involved. Exactly. Exactly. Fuck, this movie's dumb. <laughs> I never noticed that before. That's how dumb this movie is. <laughs> well, that is that's game breaking. That <laughs> destroys the story. <laughs> well, 
well, it's like you said earlier. It's like, okay, how come Amanda Waller couldn't have the military do this? Yeah. Because these guys haven't come up against anything that the United States military couldn't handle. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It, oh, my God, this movie. <laughs> it, it gets dumber and dumber. Waller's down. <laughs> it's over. The, that's just been the end there. Uh, yeah, it uh, does that thing that you and I have discussed before, which is, again, why I don't like a lot of English translations of anime, is because they just tell you what's already happened. Yeah. It's like, we know, we know. If you've been watching the movie, you know. <laughs> you, all, you got nothing. Okay. And that text, that text yeah. on his fucking shirt is so idiotically distracting. Yeah. Yes. Insanely distracting. I really like that costume overall. Mm-hmm. But that text just fucking kills me, man. It, it does. It does. Well, that's another thing about his costume that, like, uh, when you look at pictures of it, it actually looks pretty vibrant. Yeah. But it's shot so dark here yeah. that you it's don't get any of that. Muddy and dark with the background. And, and like, also, so is he a professional who is doing this for money? You know, like, is he, a, is he a professional killer? Or is he, like, some sort of religious fanatic? Because he quotes the Bible earlier, and that I am the light, I am the way. And then there's also, like, a Bible quote on his gun, on his rifle. You, oh, don't, right. you don't really see it well. Because, again, everything has to have writing on it in this fucking movie. Um, like, so what, what is his deal? <laughs> like, is, is he a sociopath? Like, they, like, Harley just diagnosed him as, and they... He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm a, so, I don't care about nothing, but I love my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the right thing. But I just want fucking money, and I don't want to kill people for money. <laughs> but I got a heart of gold. <laughs> I hate that trope. Oh, me too. And it would have been so much more interesting if, like, because he's a dad in the comic. Yeah. It would have been so much more interesting if we found out, like, there was no stupid flashbacks of him going Christmas shopping with his daughter. And we found out that, you know, yeah, he is this horrible guy who's done horrible stuff. And he has these children who will never speak to him or get to know him because he has done this horrible stuff. And oh, she got her heart back. back. Yay. Oh, yay. <laughs> Why don't, does that matter? Does that change anything? It makes the portal in the sky more... Well, the beam got brighter. Yeah. I'm having to squint now. <laughs> the, the desktop is now different? Can I make her wiggle better? <laughs> With my heart returned, Turn I can on. finish my weapon. Get to wiggling. <laughs> God. And see, so this is another example. Like, so her costuming, it's weird and I don't really like it. <laughs> um, but it's very, like, it exposes a lot of her body, but it doesn't feel inherently sexual. Right. Like, you can do that. You can show off the female form, it, but it doesn't have... Like, it's not inherently lewd and gross. Right, exactly. <laughs> like the way Harley's shot. This is, I don't know why Harley gets filmed that way, but she doesn't. I think I think it really is for like the guys in the audience who have a big Harley Jones. Yeah, that's you know? probably true. Because there's a weird contingent of fans that'll fucking... Jerk off to her like crazy, I'm sure. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why Harley, of all the characters, got so, so many little fan boners going. Oh, it's that idea. It, it, you know, the, that really simplistic idea that, um, and if that's your thing, that's fine. But, you know, it's like um, the hot chick who's slightly crazy. Yeah. You know? 
the hot crazy shit, the manic pixie dream girl. Exactly. But like to the nth degree. Yes. <laughs> she might fuck you or she she's, might beat your head in a She's pistol. a little dangerous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just like that girl at the bar that rejected me. (laughs) Making a jerk off motion, by the way. (laughs) For those of you at home. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and that's again, it's like the uh, all of the characters here are the most. Oh yeah, here's the weird flashback. Just the weird placement, and like (laughs) that guy gets the weird prominence there. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so dumb. It is dumb. All right, uh, anyway, sorry. They're talking about jerking off to Harley. Oh, Hoover. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, all of the characters have the most rudimentary of, of tropes that the filmmakers want you to think are really meaningful and really, you know, impactful to the story. And it's like, man, they're not. They're not. Ah, oh, stab it. Let me stab it. So if you kill the heart, it kills her, but then it doesn't? <laughs> That's how she escaped from Waller. You didn't explain how. No, you didn't. So now you know. Knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. <laughs> That's a better movie. Yeah. Um, I brought up Avengers Infinity War oh, yeah. earlier <laughs> because uh, you can tell, even though that movie came out after this, you can tell that like Rick Flagg and June Moon are supposed to be like the vision and Wanda yeah. of this movie. Like yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be really emotionally invested in the fact that, you know, that's his girlfriend and he yeah. doesn't want to hurt her. And it's like, I don't care about your relationship, dude. No it's one cares am- about your relationship. It's amazing to me. Just a movie like this, I think that's probably a good point of comparison, this and uh, Infinity War, because they both have huge casts, uh, and one is done so fucking good, <laughs> and the other is not. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, like you, could, you could give it to Marvel because those characters have already been established and all that. Um, but, I mean, technically these characters have two. They're only in comics and shit. But uh, that relationship that you just pointed out is a really good example, too, because in the movies, that relationship starts in Infinity War. They're friends and colleagues, but they're they're not romantic until Infinity War. And they're introduced in a bedroom with, like, Vision looking outside and her in bed. And she stands up and walks over to them. And the conversation that they have and the warmth between them immediately sells it. Right. It's like, like... Like, you see them on screen in a, uh, uh, like, romantic situation for 15 seconds. And you're like, yeah, they've been together for years. (laughs) Exactly. They are in love. And in this, it's like every time Flag and Moon are in a room together, and they're supposed to be, like, in a room. Really? Them? I I thought he was gay. (laughs) I thought... He has more sexual tension with Deadshot, for right. fuck's sake. This is really going to interrupt June's graduate degree. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I don't know about you, but I unashamedly wept at the end of Infinity Wars when she has to kill him. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh my god. Here, it's like, I, you know, again, I don't care about your relationship. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Marvel gets a lot of shit. They always have gotten shit about being, like, bright and funny and happy and all that. And, like, yeah, there's a lot of that in those movies. But watch the last ten minutes of Infinity War. Right. And just the fucking intensity and emotion in that, along with the spectacle. The, the way that the Russo brothers, and just Marvel at large, is able to mix all that so well. To Like, they, they've had dark movies. They've had light, happy movies. They, most of their movies, though, kind of blend all those elements and it's just focused on humanity and the relationships and whatnot. 
And since they nailed that so perfectly, they can have everything else around it, you know? Like, this, like, none of these characters are fucking nailed down, so it's, it's, the, the tone is doing all the heavy lifting. And the fucking tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. How come yeah. she's not burned? Yeah, she, she looks fine. Oh, wait, now she's ash. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oopsie. This is a late reaction. <laughs> right? Oh, she yeah. She looks like fucking Two-Face. She should have just been like a little, little cinder person. Crispy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get this part where the, you know, the, um, oh, the stereotypical, uh... Like, I'm fucking... Uh, Boomerang was just crying, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the shitbag of all shitbags is crying. Look at those little glassy <laughs> eyes there. God damn it, fuck you. Well, this is the part in every movie, right, where a, uh, a group who has been given a mission, um, they feel like they're gonna fail. So, you know, they yeah. band together, and it's like, these it's people bomb. wouldn't do that! Yeah. They have no reason to do that. Especially, like, the mission's over. They should just leave. <laughs> right. And what, what does any one of them bring to the table that, again, a million military guys couldn't? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's no sense that um, any of these guys have purpose in this story. Every single time you open your mouth. <laughs> yeah, son, you're amazing. <laughs> yeah. You're ugly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of I think the way the movie treats her too. Like, look at how beautiful she is. Don't think about what's inside, because <laughs> right. it doesn't matter. Like, it's just gonna change scene to scene. So, uh... <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Hey, that guy was in GI Joe. Oh, we mentioned it. Was he? The guy that plays, uh, yeah, he played Heavy Duty in GI Joe. Oh. Not that you'd know it from this, because he has like four lines, and he just could be a stuntman half the time. I mean, God bless him for getting work, I guess. <laughs> he probably got a nice paycheck out of this. I can't remember his name. It's hard to pronounce. It is. He's been in a ton of shit, though. He was in uh, Born Identity. He was in Congo. He was in Born Identity? Yeah. He was like that warlord. Wow. His name is Jared Leto. Wow, dual role. <laughs> um, Adewale Akinoe yes. Agbaye. <laughs> Something very hard to pronounce for for us anyway. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot Slipknot was in this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, hey. Have you heard uh, anything about Nathan Fillion's role in The Suicide Squad? I have not. The sequel? Mm-hmm. So, like, when he first announced he was in it, there's a big question about who he was playing because his costume doesn't really look like anyone in the comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Just pieces out. Um... <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? Um, Nathan Fillion, yeah. So have you seen who he's playing in the new one? Do you know I, anything about it? Well, I've, I've seen the trailers, but I've purposely stayed away from reviews and behind-the-scenes stuff because I have high hopes for this movie, and I want to go in fairly blind. Well, in one of the trailers, they show his power. As much as you see his power, you know who he's playing. <laughs> Oh, look at him. He looks great. <laughs> it's Arm Fall Off Boy. <laughs> Arm Fall Off Boy. They changed his name in the movie, though. It's TDK. Is it Yo-Yo? In... No, it's not Yo-Yo. What? No, it's... The, the, it's Arm Fall Off Boy. No, I mean in the comics. It's Arm Fall Off Boy in the comic. Oh, that's really his yes. name? Oh, okay. His name is Arm Fall Off Boy, but they changed the name for the movie to TDK. <laughs> TDK stands for The Detachable Kid. Oh, <laughs> okay. 
I just love how instead of boy, it's kid. Kid, right? <laughs> Nathan Fillion is a man. No. Yeah, there, there's in the comic. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and just pop. I like that. Oh, this is going to be fun. That's right. In the trailer, there's a scene where he's sitting on the helicopter. Uh, by the way, the helicopter in the comic is named Shiba. The Suicide Squad's helicopter is basically a character in the comic. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he just shows back up. With a beer. <laughs> um, but uh, and there's a scene where, like, when they introduce Weasel. Have you seen that part in the trailer? I have not. Because he's, like, sitting next to Blackguard, and he's like, dude, is this a dog? <laughs> and uh, he's like, <laughs> I think it's, I can't remember who. Oh, uh, uh, Captain Boomerang goes, a dog? Like, yeah, what kind of dog do you think it is? And then TDK, like, pokes in and goes, I'd say an Afghan hound. <laughs> oh, oh! I'm so excited to see that. Got my ticket for Thursday. Woo-hoo. I'm going to the theaters. I'm not watching on fucking HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, give that movie money. Oh, I left a big ass demo charge down there in the subway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just don't. I'm sorry, folks. I just don't get it. If you're sitting at home and you're watching this along with our commentary, and for whatever reason you really like this movie, again, fine. Um, but you can't tell me it's good. Yeah. Also, you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, but there's there's such a difference between I like this and it's good. Right. And so whatever. If you like this, fine. I don't give a shit. You can like whatever you want. I like shitty movies too. But. Uh, but don't say it's good. Right. <laughs> and don't ever, like, I was just somebody. Oh, yeah, uh, the bartender that I know. I, fuck, I hate that weird little crab walk he does. It looks so dumb. <laughs> and then it goes to CGI when he swims away. So it just, there's, he's suddenly moving all fluidly and cool through the water. <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, I was just talking, I was arguing with this bartender that I know about this movie. Oh, there's the scene. There it is, yes. She's talking to her. Right there, husband. that's the shot I was talking about. So I didn't realize that was still in the movie. It's just, yeah, okay, great. And husband was killed with a sword. It's not going to, doesn't impact the plot at all. And then we get that stupid exposition. Yeah. Oh, yeah, his soul's trapped inside of it. Obviously. Who and- cares? <laughs> <laughs> Why does any of this matter? Right. Doesn't make it any more emotional as we go into this final battle. Um, the, that, that was the specifically the shot where she slides an exit. The way it's framed, it looks like she's stabbing herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so this bartender, I was talking about this movie because I was like, yeah, I can't wait for the new one. The old one's a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, I love the old one. I'm like, I, oh. yeah, that's fine. I mean, you can, you can like it, whatever. I'm not going not gonna, to gonna get on your ass about that because I like shitty stuff too. She's like, no, but it's like really well done. Like, I really like the character. I'm like, oh, don't, don't make me argue. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that there is a difference between objective, like, merit and subjective, good, bad, whatever, like uh, opinion or whatever. And I will never argue that, but I will definitely argue objectivity. And like, so don't say that it's really well done. It's not really well done. You can like it, yeah, but it's not well done. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and that's one of those things is like, if you're going to say that it's well done, you better be able to say why. And I've heard people like, well, all art is subjective. Like, no, it's not. Because if all art was subjective, then A, we wouldn't have critics, and B, every single piece of fucking uh, margin doodles in your notebook would be up next to the Mona Lisa. Exactly. There is 
ob or there is objectivity or yeah in art like there has to be there is objectivity in everything again there just, just fucking has to oh there's a wiggle there, wiggle wiggle, wiggle. <laughs> I wonder if that was direction she was given or if that was just where the character organically came from <laughs> I think right here I remember one of those the video I, I showed you about the editing of this oh, yes. they point out this one shot right here this cut just the difference between momentary editing and then like the overall editing and just how terrible this movie fails on that both regards <laughs> but they point this out I think it's right here momentary coming up very soon yeah I don't know they talk and then it cuts to them walking but the way it cuts away there's too much time elapsed <laughs> so the edit feels weird it, it's well, for those of you listening at home, uh, go to YouTube and watch uh, Folding Ideas, uh, Suicide Squad, and the Art of Editing. And the guy makes an excellent case about why this movie does not work on a structural... Any or, level. Yeah, any level. <laughs> any level. Exactly. Exactly. He also takes a few shots at Batman versus Superman, which I fucking love to see, personally. <laughs> and anytime somebody is able to objectively point out how bad that movie is... More, more power to you. Watch Joker's teeth in this. There's something about it that doesn't look right. Watch when he turns slightly. Ugh. See, like, look at his mouth. <laughs> his teeth are just wrong. <laughs> I wonder if it's because he still has the grill on and they just... So they put you know, fake teeth over the grill? No, they didn't do that. No, like they CGI'd <laughs> oh, it out. I, maybe. I think they just gave him fake teeth to make his... Like, big white chompers look bigger. It looks like a fucking mask, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, now we get this series of shots. Like, yeah. she's showing them what your life yeah. could be like. Um, and because we don't... <laughs> Are they dead? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, weird. I got dead kids now. That's cool. <laughs> like, what? Dead wife. There you go. Uh, yeah, there's, there's nothing that has established any of these previous like oh yes this is what they long for in their heart meanwhile like with everyone else it's their family or their love interest with Deadshot he's like I got to kill Batman yeah <laughs> I mean I, I get it I feel like that works more than any others but like there's some I, something you don't see like I want to see uh I want to see what uh Captain Boomerangs would be <laughs> yeah I can only imagine what that guy's heart's desire is and it would probably make this movie NC-17 Okay, there we go. Oh, that was a cut. Fuck. It's them talking, and then suddenly they're halfway into walking up to her. Also, I, I don't know if this is going to be controversial or misogynistic, but I think that Cara Delevingne is way hotter than Margot Robbie. She's beautiful. She's Yeah, she's beautiful. I mean, I think they're both... Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't have a preference either way. Um, <laughs> Even with her jerky, weird movements. <laughs> And she's she's gorgeous, and she's also one of those people who I think is a pretty decent actor. She just keeps getting placed in shitty movies. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> the way that... Uh, Harley just used the bat to cover herself. Like, she used the bat <laughs> like it was a shield. But, um... Idiot, that's wood. <laughs> You're going up against a god. Like, did you... Did none of you people get the memo? <laughs> Flame retardant bat and fishnets, apparently. Oh, man, you mean your, your little IED didn't work there, genius? <laughs> I'm so surprised. Well, <laughs> oh. Margot Robbie. 
Wait, no, we were talking about Cara Delevingne. Yes. What's that? Oh, um, fuck. What's that movie called? Uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Oh, is that movie? Yeah. That was a real like about halfway into it. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm feeling this. This is fucking sweet. Like, I really like this. And then at like the I don't know two thirds mark, three quarters mark or something. I'm like, are we not fucking done yet? Like, come on. <laughs> Like you, you, you've pissed away all of my goodwill. I, I, this is this is way too much. Okay. And I wanted to give it to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's good in that movie. Um, I don't know that I kind of got. I don't like Dane DeHaan though. I was just gonna say <laughs> it got off to a rough start for me because of him. Like they keep trying to make him a leading man, and he's really not a leading man. It's all bitch. Uh, apparently, this is not in the air cut either. The fact that he is like a god. Right. Like Aztec god, which, like, okay, I mean, I guess I get that, but, like, then what is he? <laughs> and then what What do you do here? Does that, does that literally mean that they just kill Incubus with an explosion? Like, I feel like a god fight makes way more sense. And it gives, uh, what's his fuck? It gives El Diablo, like, a reason to be on the team. Literally more than anyone else. <laughs> really, yeah, like, they should have just sent him, you know? <laughs> Plus, if he doesn't die, what is this movie called? Why is it called Suicide Squad? <laughs> Somebody's got to die. I would have taken out probably half the team probably. if it was me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that like he's the one who sacrifices himself, and it's not mentioned. Yeah, actually. do it. Yeah, that's true. Like, so it means nothing yeah. basically. I love how they're just all standing around encouraging him like soccer parents. <laughs> we believe in you. Uh, get clear. Get out of there. Yeah. Blow you. Wait. <laughs> Blow it? <laughs> they say blow it like four times right there. They do. Oh, GQ. That's not QT. It's GQ. GQ. Yeah, we're, we're gonna ki- we're gonna care that this nameless person is sacrificing themselves now. <laughs> like, is that supposed to be a the way that GQ dies is supposed to be impactful? But it's not because he just stands around in the background. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, sadness. Not really. Um. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, who was the producers on this? I don't know, DC? (laughs) I'm sure the Snyders produced it. Uh, Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder produced all these fucking movies. Was uh, Goyer one of them? I don't know. Look at her head. Did you see that? No, what was it? It was like moving independently of her body. Because it was clearly just like pasted on after they CGI'd her body. (laughs) And it just, it looked, that did not move right. Look, see that? Oh my gosh. That looks weird. <laughs> that looked eerie and not in like a unsettling, oh, this adds to the atmosphere type of way. It's like that was some bad Photoshop. Yeah, it's just very, very bad. Where did they get that footage? Right? <laughs> See the footage of outer space. Like, oh, what are they? I love that there's this room in the turret. Yeah, that, that too. Right? They're just watching everything. It's a secret facility, but we have a camera on it. Oh, gosh. And so what's happening to war again? They're using her brain to destroy all the Argus stuff, like uh, the satellites. and That's right. Okay. So that they can't track her. But I thought she was going to use a machine to break the world. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hate this movie. It's too hard to remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remind me why um, um, uh, Harley's bomb didn't go off when she tried to escape the Joker. I can't remember that either. He put... He, Use the doctor to... Oh, that's right. Stop the nanites. That's right. Okay. 
speaking Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good subtitle. Uh-huh. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, see, and this is why I... Oh, oh yeah, look at that. Oh, no, it blew up. This is why I, again, I don't... If you like bad movies, fine. Um, but I just feel like... I just feel like movies like this, they just... They think that you, the viewer, are a complete idiot. Exactly. You're dumb enough to buy this shit. So, like, just... Just fucking re-edit it. Like, cut out, uh, cut out all the talking. Throw in some shit about the... The heart. Gotta remember the heart of the witch. If you don't talk about the heart eight times, these mouth breathers aren't gonna remember. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, I was like like liking this to me is just paying for stupidity. You know, like, oh yeah, I saw that in the theaters, it was really good. Like, well then you're the reason that we don't get good movies. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice yeah. things, yeah. Oh, I think I still have. What's wrong? Uh, nothing. I, I, I told you, I went to a blacklight party the other day. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, we had uh, highlighters just sitting on the bar. So I wrote, used highlighters all over my arms. <laughs> I made a little Arashikage logo from G.I. Joe right there. We can't see it anymore. But I, I took a shower, obviously, between the days <laughs> and got myself all cleaned up. And I went back to the bar yesterday and the black, some of the blacklights were still out. And I like went to reach for my drink, and I could see the, the highlights. <laughs> like, oh shit, that does not come off easily. <laughs> that was a more interesting story than what we just spent two hours watching. <laughs> I had somebody wrote their phone number on my arm. Oh yeah, well, we need black light. I had, a, I had a big arrow right there. My friend Anna wrote made a like a Popeye tattoo on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll shoot. <laughs> yeah, so the girl that wrote her phone number on my so I. Uh, I've never had this happen to me. Somebody came up to me in a bar, and this woman came up to me in a bar and said, hey, uh, who's your favorite X-Men character? I was like, uh, uh, are you married? Like, why are you talking? <laughs> would you like to be married? <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, and then, so then it gets even better. I got, like, fake fanboyed or whatever, because I was like, uh, well, I, my favorite X-Men character is Multiple Man, Jamie Madrix. And she's like, yeah, but he's not really on the core team. Like, he's X-Factor. I'm like, good, good call. <laughs> yes. I was not expecting that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need a black light now so you can find her phone number. Oh, no, I've already got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to sleep on that. <laughs> well done, well done. Yeah, and that right there is a better love story than <laughs> Rick Flag. And Get her heart! Tear the heart! Which is, the heart's out! We can end this! <laughs> if you didn't know... I just talked over the four other comments about the heart. <laughs> hey, Croc! Eat the heart! I wasn't like... Where'd the heart go? Right, right. I tear yeah. it out, and then it's just gone. Here's the gun! Catch! Why do you need the gun if you had the heart? I thought the way to kill her was to take her heart out. Right. But you, I thought you needed to kill the heart. And you're dead shot. You need to use Harley's gun. Yeah, you've got guns on you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's oh. kind of your thing, bro. Kind of the idea <sighs> that... Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. That is some know. needless slow-mo right there. It is. Wow. <laughs> oh, we should have timed this from the moment it started God. to when it ends. So I feel like it's <laughs> at least a minute. 
why do they need to blow that up? I thought they needed to. Then they need to kill the heart. Why? Like the thing's still in midair. Don't cut away like that. It's really poor time management in your exactly. editing. Exactly. You're supposed to. Uh, you're supposed to be building tension. This is killing the tension. Right. Well, and this adorable actress who plays Zoe. Nothing against her at all. But honey, it's like no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> nothing against her, but I hate her. Right. <laughs> she has no meaning in this movie. Uh. Look back at it. Oh, he chose love. (laughs) Oh, this is painful to rewatch. Christ. Wow, well, just just made it there, Deadshot. I really should have brought Xanax and rubber cement. (laughs) Where'd the heart go? The heart was the most important thing. They couldn't fucking shut up about it 30 seconds ago. And now it's just gone. <laughs> oh, waiting for someone to... Do we still need the heart? What's the... Yeah, what's the protocol with Oh, it? one thing, you know, we just talked about the sexualization of Harley. When this movie first came out, I remember reading an article, I think it was from Jezebel, about how sexualized... Oh, there's the heart. <laughs> about how sexualized Katana is in this movie. Katana. What? Yeah, I know. And their argument seems to be because she has a bare midriff. Like, she's just like that. That's why she's sexualized. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, she's showing a little bit of skin, I guess. But, again, uh, like I said earlier, like, there's a difference between showing that skin and then the context in which it's... Like, I don't know. For some reason, it makes sense for me to be... To her... It makes sense for me, for her, to be dressed that way. It's fine. It's it doesn't fine. necessarily make sense for Harley to be dressed that way. I mean, no, she's wearing leather. She looks she looks tactical. She does. She does. And I'm sure it's pretty hot to be swinging a sword around, so maybe you're going to want to air off some parts of your... I don't know. Like, it's just... <laughs> well, it's not the most egregious costume yeah. choice in this entire yeah, movie. Exactly. Well, and it's the idea, too, that some people have that... When women show any skin, that's an immediately sexualization. Yeah, exactly. And it's just the reverse idea. Exactly. That, you know. And it was really weird to me, because I'm pretty sure it was Jezebel that said that. It was weird for that, from that, eh, it was weird for that to come from someone like that. Right, right. That should be a little bit more, a, middle, a little less surface level in their feminism. Right. <laughs> well, that sounds like maybe it was just a slow week and they're yeah, like, probably. we need a clickbait article. Yeah, exactly. That pertains to something that's in popular culture right now. Woke up from the spa in the mud. <laughs> Got a nice How body wrap going on How did she survive that? Like, the the power set doesn't really make any sense mm-hmm. on her at all. Because <laughs> they establish things and then they ignore them. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I killed you. <laughs> yeah, we did too. <laughs> I feel like it would make way more sense if you did. This team's called the Suicide Squad again. And only one of them is dead. Well, two, I guess, if you count Slipknot, but no one really does. When Ayer was working on a sequel, he was actually going to bring back uh, Diablo. Oh. Like, he wasn't supposed to be dead. He's like, oh, he's he's a god. He survived that. Whatever. Uh, uh, (laughs) You're welcome! (laughs) Ten years off your prison sentences. Yay! Sweet, I'll get up 90 years. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'll be 74 when I'm finally free. Gosh. VT. <laughs> VT. Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> and well, and that's beeps. What the beeps just happened? It just said beeps. Mm. Uh, what, what's the rating on this movie again? PG thirteen. This is, I mean, this is all the markings of a PG-13. It really does. It really does. Um, oh, they're friends now. Oh, and he's teaching her about hypotenuse. Because that's what I want in my Suicide Squad movies, geometry lessons. And well, she's like, well, you shoot a man on the street, how far will the bullet actually go? Good job. You're a little sociopath, too. I love it. <laughs> Good one. Gotta raise him up right. Yeah, yeah. It, again, and that that weird idea that these characters have to be likable. It's like actually, it would be better if they were not. Yeah, and I mean, Deadshot has a daughter in the comic um, that he's estranged from, and like he is he is making money to give back to her. But the like a few times that they've met that I've read, like in uh, Secret Six, and then in other issues of the Suicide Squad, I guess. It's always like, she's like, I don't want to fucking associate with you. Like, you're a sociopath. You know, you're, I, you're not somebody that I want in my life. And he's like, yeah, I'm not somebody that should be in your life. I just want to see you every once in a while. Uh, go live your life without me, and I'll keep sending the money. <laughs> right. And it's like, he cares for her, but he cares for her enough to know that he is bad for her. Exactly. <laughs> Which I think is way more interesting than this, like, I'm going to be a real father, even though I'm a fucking supervillain. Right. Even though I cat people in the back of the head. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Also, have you noticed that Belle Reeve looks completely different in the new movie? Just from what you see in the trailers, it looks completely different than this. It looks like an actual prison. <laughs> I've only seen one trailer for the new Suicide Squad movie. My favorite part from what I've seen of Belle Reeve is that there's a scene where Waller is briefing all of them. And it looks like they're in like a theater, like a conference room. They're all in like theater seats, and she's standing at the front. That happens in the comic all the time. They have this briefing room that they always go to, and she's like, "Here's your target, here's your mission. Fucking, let's talk about it." <laughs> and in the trailer, you see that, and I'm like, "Yes, the conference room is in there." I'm such a fucking nerd. That's what gets me hard about these movies. <laughs> in the fucking conference room. Colby's like, "I love a good podium." Yes. <laughs> in the that's the scene in the trailer where. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Peacemaker. Because she's like, codenamed Starfish. And he's like, oh, quick question. Starfish is also a slang term for butthole. Could that, uh, could that be useful? And she goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows him, it shows Peacemaker, like, scratch it out on his face. <laughs> 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 yeah, I just have so much more uh, uh, hope. Hey, his, uh, his shirt says Joker. I wonder who that is. Christ. Oh my God, it's Joker! <laughs> God. This really, really is how uh, an 11-year-old would write fan fiction for this story. Yeah. And 11-year-olds, write all the fan fiction you want. That's great, but that doesn't make it a compelling, interesting movie for adults. All my friends are heathen. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christ. Key <laughs> Rice. Charles Roven produced this. Along with Zach and Deborah Snyder. There you go. Jeff Johns, too. He does all the, all the DC stuff. Mm. Well, and to harken back to the music real quick, I love soundtracks. You know, we've, we've talked yeah. about this in terms of how music influences uh, comics and obviously film. It's, big, it's a big deal with film. Um, big damn deal. 
it's just so fucking on the nose here. And all the songs they play, I like. Um, although Hollywood seems to think that Creedence Clearwater Revival has only written one song their entire career. Yeah. Um, all of it I like, but it's just also it, it's it's like being hit in the middle of the face with a hammer, you know. I remember when uh, the soundtrack was announced before the movie came out. It was like, look at the new Suicide Squad soundtrack, like with fucking Rick Ross and whatever. Um, one of the soundtrack. Hold on. One of the uh, songs I fucking laughed when I saw it because um, it is oh, there's purple Lamborghini Rick Roll uh, there are so many yeah. oh here we go Bohemian Rhapsody by Panic at the Disco <laughs> and I saw that I was just like <laughs> no 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 not at all no. never <laughs> why would you why yeah no 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 Jesus Christ yeah. Um, and that's since that very much this is trying to be um, DC's version of uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, thank you. Did you say Gardens? No, I, I was going to say Guardians. <laughs> it's, not, it's like that scene in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where she says Gardens. <laughs> Gardens of the Galaxy. Um, <clears throat> no. That soundtrack is fantastic because. You know, it's not just hitting you in the face with, oh, this is this is supposed to symbolize what this character is all about. It, like, it actually ties into the story. Yeah. It's the last, what is the last physical piece yeah, that um, connects him to Earth. Right, exactly. And it, it's more than anything, it uh, it it grounds us, the audience, because you're out in space. So like, there's that weird juxtaposition of being on the other side of the galaxy, listening to like '80s rock, and you know, like that, there's there's that connection. It, it works on many, many levels in Guardians of the Galaxy because it was thought through. It wasn't just added last minute. You know, James Gunn wrote the script with those songs in mind. He filmed it with those songs in mind and it fits the 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 journey of the character. It fits the, the logic of the universe. And again, for us as an audience, it helps us to connect more personally with an inherently impersonal world. Here, here. We're very well said. Because that's what you do when you're a filmmaker. <laughs> like you, you think about shit like that and you do it. <laughs> you keep coming up with all these radical statements yeah. about film, Colby. And it's just like, again, like Ayer, Ayer can... Oh, yeah, we just talked through the Bruce Wayne scene because it's fucking dumb. The, <laughs> a shot of this scene was actually in the, the original trailer. <laughs> the, uh, the, like, the opening of that scene, the way it moves in on Waller. Oh, in the yeah, restaurant. yeah, yeah. That's right. Um... But anyway, the, so like for all of Ayer's complaining about the studio and taking the movie and all this, like, yeah, that, that shit happens. But also, like, it's literally your job as a director to make this shit work. And as I've said before, you either can or you can't. Right. And uh, there's a million people. Dr. Van Chris, I feel like that's a character from the comic. Um, is that one of the original 1959 Suicide Squad members? No, I don't think so. Van, Chris, I'm actually thinking of somebody else, I think. Uh, but let me look. Van, Chris, oh, it's only showing this. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, Dr. Midnight. Mm. Dr. Midnight. One of the versions of Dr. Midnight has a similar name, I think. 
Anyway, as a director, it's your job to wrangle all those things together. Like you're supposed to listen to Peter Cross. That's what I was thinking. Cross, Chris, whatever. Um, You're supposed to wrangle all those things and make it work. You're supposed to work with the studio, work with the talent, work with the editors, work with the producers, work with all those little things and and make everyone's vision align. And uh, we talked about this a while ago with uh, James Gunn, where he said, one of the reasons that I'm so successful in this field is that I work with the producers and like the, the big studios just as much as I work with the smaller, like the people on the artistic side, Mm -hmm. because all of that has to mesh to have a good product. And you can, you can either be that person that whines about how your movie got taken away, or you can do your fucking best to make the best product regardless of the situation. Exactly. And sure. And you're going to fail sometimes too. And you know what? You got to eat the failures and keep moving. <laughs> you can't spend five years whining about this movie that f- underperformed and and that just didn't work out well. It's it's a strange like we've covered this a lot, but it, it's is just still a strange phenomenon to me um, that like I I get it like putting something out in the world that you've worked very hard on and people piss on it. Yeah. Rejection sucks. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel good at all. But like, does that going to stop you from creating? Yeah. If it does, then maybe you shouldn't have done that to begin with. And guess what? You're getting paid a lot of money right. to show this to a lot of people. And also, I don't have that much sympathy for David Ayer about this movie getting pissed on, um, regardless of how much he internalizes it. Because he's also the guy that went to the premiere of this movie and screamed, fuck Marvel, at the top of his lungs. And had a, this whole fucking Marvel hate campaign when this movie came out. Like, he, he would say fuck Marvel all the time. You're like, yeah, fuck Marvel. We're doing our own thing. Hey, fuck you guys. We're the bad boys of comic book movies. Yeah, Suicide Squad. Blah, blah, blah. So he was like eating up the attention he was getting when this movie first hit. And then a few months later, when suddenly nobody liked it, then he's like, well, that wasn't my movie. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. You can't have it both ways. And nobody remembers that now because 24-hour news cycle won't shut up about the fact that there's a better cut of the movie out there now. But like, hey, I, I was there. I didn't. I don't have the goldfish memory that everyone else on Twitter does. <laughs> I remember how he acted back then, and I remember just the how insufferable he was about this fucking movie. And again, I don't give a shit about his other cuts. They're all going to be bad. Right. Well, wasn't it? Um, I think it was uh, Roger Ebert who's like, yeah, I, I, I judge what's on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know your intent. Yeah. Uh, and he can say that it's not his movie all he wants, but whose name is at the beginning? There you go. It opens with a David Ayer film. If you really had that much of uh, animosity towards it, you could have removed your name. Right. Well, and you know who's a real boss about that who deserves a lot of respect and doesn't get it? Joel Schumacher. Yeah. yeah Everyone exactly. is like, oh, that was such a horrible movie. He makes such yeah. horrible movies. Like, he made a couple bad movies because that's what usually yeah. creators do. You make some bad stuff. But he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if people yeah. were upset by that. Moving and on. We <laughs> talked about that, too, when he died. Uh just the fact that, like, yeah, he owned it, and he also was very vocal just about the situation. And unlike David Ayer, he, he was like, look, man, I had, I had a million studio execs telling me what to do. I had people literally, like, as I'm filming the third act, coming in and saying, change all our costumes because we need to sell more toys. Add more vehicles in. He's like, I, you know, I, I did what I could. And uh, he, he, he goes, this was compromised from the beginning. And uh, he goes, but I'm also a grown-up. My name's in the end credits, so it's... Uh, to an extent, my fault too. Like I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm, 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 a, I'm an adult. I'm not gonna say it was somebody else's fault. I fucking made this movie. <laughs> right, right. 
and yeah, he totally owned his failures as much as his successes. And, and he was never like, he was never, he never lied about that or never tried to hide it. He was a very classy man. Yeah. He knew what it was and he knew, uh, uh, knew, knew what he did, I guess. (laughs) And, and that's a situation too. Like this movie couldn't have had as many eyes as the fourth Batman movie had on it. (laughs) So, uh, I feel like I feel like Schumacher was in a much worse situation than Ayer was, yeah. and still walked away from it. Like I mean, he walked away with his career intact. He made other movies after Batman and Robin, and uh, I think at the in the end he'll be well remembered for the other stuff he did. Right, right. He's yeah. He's got a, a slew of different movies, different genres, um, and at the end of the day, too, it's like I don't mean to. Um, trivialize anyone's work but it's like you know mr ayer it's just a movie yeah it's just a movie and hey at the end of the day you can either be remembered as the guy that directed suicide squad or the guy that won't shut up whining about suicide squad exactly hey ostrander did not get a thank you no not Uh, bruce tim did and the movie's already over so i'm just gonna rewind it for a second to see uh i saw bruce tim's name i saw Brian Azzarello's name, who wrote Joker, the guy that created Johnny Frost. Yeah. Carmine Infantino. Oh, wait. Oh, there he is. Oh, this is the very front. Okay, 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 good. good. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to get pissed. (laughs) He put his name on a bank, but... (laughs) John Byrne, Lee Bromeo. Carmine Infantino. Cool. Well, that that was a nice touch, at least. (laughs) Although, it was Kim Yale... Hold on, I'm going to go back. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Because Kim Yale, uh, as much as... No, she wasn't. Kim Yale was John Ostrander's wife. Wait, wife? I think. Uh, And she was instrumental in the Suicide Squad. And uh, she is was instrumental in Yana's directive, which is a really, was a really cool, uh, crossover through a bunch of different of the, like, what's the word, uh, espionage books that DC did. Mm. And, uh, yeah, she married John Ostrander. Okay. Phew. <laughs> You're right. Um, uh, she was also instrumental in creating Oracle. Okay. Out of, uh, Barbara Gordon. Yes. Uh, her paralyzing. So, um, I fucking love Oracle. She was one of my favorite members of the Justice League, and I really liked the idea of a character whose paralyzation is the beginning of their story. Right. That's really, that was really cool to me. And uh, taking this character who a lot of fans have kind of written off, and Oracle is still... Well, Barbara Gordon is still erroneously looked at as an example of like a character being fridged. Because, like, oh, they just fucking paralyzed Batgirl. Like, yeah. And then Kim Yale made her way more interesting. Right. Like, there's a million fucking characters with tights and capes. But how many how many uh, superheroes are, A, in a wheelchair, and B, like, in a wheelchair on the Justice League? Exactly. <laughs> she was literally a Justice League member when uh, Morrison was writing it. So, yeah. I just, I uh, really like what Kim Yale did for that character. So, anyway, we're fucking done. Suicide Squad's over. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, um, a definite vertigo for you. I can oh, tell. of course. Yes. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> I don't know if the fact that I like the comic so much impacts my thoughts on this movie 
or if just the fact that I'm a fan of good filmmaking in Madison. So, because it's just, it just fails on every level. <laughs> Probably both. Yeah. Like, honestly, before I saw the movie, um, I've only read a few of the Suicide Squad comics. Uh, and I, the ones that I like, I like. Um, but, and no offense here, like, a lot of them really don't grab me. I don't think they're that good. Um, you need to read more then. <laughs> so here, here's one of my problems with the, with the early Suicide Squad issues, though, is the team was created out of a crossover called Legends. Mm-hmm. So the first probably eight issues or so are all very tied in with other crossovers and shit. So I have heard that there's one of those movie. like like one of the issues I just read. Literally, as you're reading it, uh, like they they oh they're gonna go off and do this thing, and then you turn the page, and it's like. Uh, see what happened in between that panel and this panel, read Batman number whatever. I'm like, don't fucking do that. <laughs> and so like, that's just a, a result of DC trying to tie everything together. But issue number nine is the one when Slipknot loses his arm, mm-hmm. which that is a big tie in issue, but it's still the, the team is still pretty cool. But issue number 10 is the one where Batman sneaks into Bell Rave. And that issue is fucking awesome. It's, uh, that's like the turning point. It's got one of my favorite covers of all time, too, of Batman up against a wall looking scared while Waller is up in his face. Like, Waller is scaring the shit out of Batman. That's, that's who Waller is. That's a fantastic cover. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe that's why it didn't resonate with me, because, you know, you, you would flip the page, and you would have to go read another comic, and I didn't have access to those comics, yeah. so I just get frustrated. Um, but that's why, like, when I saw this movie the first time, I thought, oh, well... Maybe this is just, like, strictly for the fans. Maybe there's something here I don't get. And then I watched it again, and I was like, nope, no, this is just a shitty movie. (laughs) Just a piece of shit. Yeah. All right, well, we're done. We fucking talked about this movie enough. Go see the new one, because we will be talking about that one next time. Yes, we will. So, all right, I'm not going to do the whole sign-out, because we're going too long. So, goodbye. Bye.